here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? Again, to the Voice Wrestling Podcast, I am Rich Craig, alongside, as always, of course, the king of banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza Joe. Um, we got plenty to talk about. We didn't have a ton to talk about. We asked for questions uh, from our, our loyal listeners, and we got a ton of really good questions, a lot of really fun stuff, deep stuff. It, it's going to be a good little question segment. So surprisingly, we do now have a lot to talk about, even though we didn't have a ton of uh, topics. I did want to mention, though, that, of course, this uh, week's episode is sponsored by MacWeldon.com. They've decided graciously enough to sponsor us once again. Like, I don't know... I don't know who they think they're by or what they're doing, but hey, I'm glad. We're we're big time, like you said. Like it's, it, we kind of joked about it, but they keep buying and people keep buying. Like it's been a good little relationship here, so I'm I'm pretty happy about it. You're doing your best to run them off, but listen, listen. I'm trying, like I because I feel like they don't know what they're like. Somebody screwed up, and like some there's accounting mistake. There's not. I don't know. They want us. They like us. We like them. It's great. Listen, the bottom line is this: our listeners are classy people. 
and they're out there buying the finest underwear that money could buy from MacWeldon.com. That's oh, and they're the classiest of wrestling fans. Like you and I, just before we started this, had a discussion of how great. Um, and we've met our fans in, you know, our, our legions, our millions upon millions. That when we go to a show and there's just like, you know, you walk in the, through the door of, um, you, you know, Texas Indies, of all the WrestleMania weekend, people look, people stop and they go, oh, my God, is that Joe Lanza? Uh, and you walk to the wall and then people come to you. And, yeah, and everybody that, that comes to you, and I have the same um, uh, thing as well, because now I don't sit in seats anymore. I've become the wall guy as well. I don't know why, but I just kind of have. But, yeah, we, the, the legions of people that come to us and, you know, pour their hearts out. And, and they, they, they're classy people. They wear nice clothes. They wear nice, I, I assume, nice underwear. I don't know that for a fact, but, you know, I would assume they are because they're buying stuff from MacWeldon.com and they're using the coupon code VOW and they're getting 20% off. So, Rich, it was exhausting spending a couple days in Dallas. <laughs> You're like the president. You're kissing babies, shaking hands. You know, you got, got your, uh, like, you know, your, uh, your hand sanitizer because you're just constantly shaking people's hands. And I shook. Even though they're very clean people, of course. You would never say anything. I shook dozens of hands. It was mm-hmm. a nonstop. Tight, all tight shakes too, right? Non- <laughs> all super tight handshakes. <laughs> a nonstop throngs of people lined up to meet JL, okay, to meet the King of Banther. So I understand what you're saying. And these are classy people, and they're out there buying classy underwear from MacWeldon.com using the promo code VOW. So very obviously. So uh, hopefully they will continue to do that, but I'm confident they will. Absolutely. Uh, we'll mention just again before we get to the topics uh, that if you haven't been to MacWeldon.com, never uh, seen what that is, this is your first time on the show, you have no idea what it is. Uh, MacWeldon, they are basically the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. I can attest to the underwear part. You can attest to the hoodie part. Uh, we know that. So we know those two. We've heard from people that said the sweatpants are good. So if you bought the socks or the shirts or the undershirts, you let us know. And if they are the most comfortable, then, then we're good to go. Then we have everything covered because, you know, we, we know through those. But anyway, yeah, if you go to MacWeldon.com, uh, use our exclusive promo, uh, promo code VOW, you get 20% off. So even though the prices, you, you know, you go on there and it's a little high for a pair of underwear and you go, oh, I'm not going to pay that much for the underwear. It's quality stuff first off. And second off, you get 20% off. So it's like, all right, well, that makes it a little bit better. But again, that's coupon code VOW at MacWeldon.com. All right, Joe, are you ready to get into the show? I'm ready. All right. The first, there's one question that I do have to ask at the top before we get going. It was a question that one of our listeners wanted to, to ask, and, and I wanted to ask as well, because I know you're a huge, huge Pokemon fan. Joe, how is Pokemon Go uh, going for you so far? Because if there's one thing you love, it's like the outdoor, like you love the outdoors, aimlessly walking around and Pokemon. So I know you're just loving Pokemon Go. Let me tell you something about the Pokemon Go. And okay. and the Texas Heat. I forgot the Texas Heat in, in July is also like, you can't wait to just get out there and just, just see the world, see Texas, you know. Let me tell you something about the Pokemon Go, okay? <laughs> if you're like in fifth grade, okay, and all these fifth graders have phones now. If you're like a woman, if you're like under the age of... I'll give you I'll give you college if you're under the if, uh, if you haven't. I was hoping you were going to say under 30, then I'm still in. If but, you uh, haven't graduated college and that's <laughs> and that's really pushing it. OK, <laughs> because if you're listen, if you're a dude and you're in college and you're trying to catch them all. OK, you, you should be trying to catch some like, you know, venereal disease instead of trying to catch Pokemons. Get out there and try to get laid. OK. Well, here's the thing, though. I'll, I'll let you finish your little rant, but I'll, I'll, I'll 
I'll bring something up here in but a I'll, moment. But finish, finish your little thing. But I'll give you till college graduation. I'll even okay. go that far if you're a male. If you're a female, I'll cut you a break because the Pokemon, in my view, seems to be sort of a feminine game. The characters are cutesy and they're round. They got big eyes. You know what I mean? Like I could see, I could see girls being into that. I got no problem with it. But if you're a dude and you're out there with your phone and you're wandering the streets of Manhattan or you're wandering the streets of a college station, Texas, wherever you are, and you're trying to catch Pokemans, okay, I got a big problem with that. If you tried to pull that shit back where I came from, in my neighborhood, with me, my brothers, uh, my friends, uh, you, you wouldn't be, you'd catch a beating is what you would catch. Okay, We would not allow somebody uh, you know, in our neighborhood, one of our friends, to run around trying to catch them all. I don't understand this. Now listen, if you want to play the Pokemon in your house on, 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 your, on your video game console of choice – or uh, I don't even know. Do people still like do the card gimmick with the Pokemon? Uh, I believe they still do. Yes. Even in 2016, it hasn't. Um, I yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll admit that I'm not, I'm not entirely positive how the card game still holds Listen, up, but uh, wanna, I, I think they still do. If you want to deal your Pokemon cards in the privacy of your own home, if you want to play it on your, you know, Nintendo uh, GameCube or whatever the fuck you got going on over there, okay? <laughs> Isn't that when the Pokemon was popular during the GameCube? Era? Uh, I think you're thinking of Game Boy, uh, sir. It's a game. Is that a game? Boy, I don't even know. Don't uh, know yes, I mean it is primarily on their uh, like Game Boy DS. Okay, uh, 3DS is the new All one. I knew is it started many generations of game consoles yes. ago. So I went with the GameCube. What do you want from me? Uh, there are Pokemon games on the GameCube, so you're not totally wrong. But uh, the GameCube is a little old these days. All right, okay. so, so you want to play it on your little GameCube or you want your little handheld device? I got no problem with that. But you cannot be a grown man in public. Define grown man. I just want to know real quick. I already defined it. I, I gave them until college graduation, which, again, is really, really pushing it. I mean, I think if you're, like, 17 years old and in high school, you know, you should be, like, trying out for the football team or, like, you know, trying to take girls on dates instead of chasing Pokemon around your neighborhood. I mean, don't you – I mean, I just have a problem with that. It's weird to me, okay? If you're a grown man, as defined by – College graduation, very loose, very – I'm giving you a, a very wide – I shouldn't even give you that long of a rope, okay? Because if you're 22 years old, you can't be – you shouldn't be chasing around Pokemon. I really got to question that. Uh, you know, it's like go, go chase some girls. Go chase some boys if that's your thing. Go chase something, but don't chase Pokemon. I don't get it, Rich. I, I got a big problem with that. I, I can't – you know, I can't wrap my head around that. Now – I'm sure you've been chasing around the poke. You've been chasing around the Pokemon with your uh, smartphone there, Rich. I have been doing a little bit, oh, uh, not as much. Disgust! I can't. <laughs> I've been doing a little. I won't lie though. Most of the time, I've been doing it with uh, with Michelle. The nurse has been big into it. She started at work one day. I don't know why. I think her friends were doing it or something. And I came home one day and she said, "Well, where are we going? Where are we going to walk? We're going somewhere to go do the Pokemon, right?" And I was like, "All right." So then we just like wandered the streets for like two hours. Uh, we went to a forest preserve. We went to downtown. We went to a bunch of these places. Like we were just like wandering around, and then she was all about catching it. And like I got in a little bit. Like I won't lie, I'm not, I'm doing a little bit. Probably not as much as most people, but but I'm enjoying it so far. I can, all right, listen. I can give you a pass too, with that explanation. Well, here's here's what I was gonna say though. Um, when you were saying about the chasing the girl. Before you get to that. I, oh, go, go I ahead. Can, I can give you a pass on your explanation. Okay. If you're strictly doing it with your wife, if you're strictly doing it with your wife, and it's like a, a couple's activity. Listen, that's fine. I, a healthy relationship needs couples activities. I got no problem with it. My problem, Rich, is if you're like stretching your arms out, you're like, oh, yeah, that was a great dinner, nurse. I got to uh, 
<laughs> I got to go walk the streets of, of, of the outskirts of Chicago because I really got to catch this two-headed ostrich that's been eluding me. That's where I have a problem with it. I can't have that. If you're chasing Pokemon on your own without the wife, this is where I can't give you a pass. What if on my lunch hour today I went to the cemetery that's behind my work and caught them? That's you, that's it, I, you, there's no excuse for you. That's, okay, that's, all right. That's, that, that one's pretty bad. That's yeah, that really was awful. Bad. You're wandering around the cemetery. First of all, <laughs> it's disrespectful, number one. There's a lot there. Though. There's okay. a lot of Pokemon. I'm sure, I'm sure. It's disrespectful, number one. Number two, you're a grown man on your lunch break. What happened to the, the pickup basketball games you were playing on your lunch break? We played that the other day. We played it on Tuesday. There a, was, it was raining. It was, nobody wanted to play today. That's a solid uh, lunch break activity. Not chasing Pokemon around a cemetery. What's wrong with you? I do both. Let me ask you this. When you're chasing Pokemon around a cemetery, are they... Mm-hmm. Are they are they ghoulish Pokemon? Do they have? Uh, they weren't. No, I don't. Apparently, I I think they might get cute with something. I don't know if they knew that this was a uh, cemetery. They just thought this was a field. I think so. Uh, they were just normal. They were normal Pokemon. Nothing, not nothing like fancy. Ghost Pokemon. Uh, there are ghost Pokemon, but there weren't any there. Unfortunately, in the cemetery. Well, they really dropped I, the ball on that. They got to get. They really did. No, I, I yeah. handle on that. So tell me, tell me these people now who are getting laid playing Pokemon. I got to hear it. I, you know, I, I was kind of surprised. We were, um, you know, we were wandering around. It was Sunday, I believe. We were wandering around the downtown uh, in the town that I live in. And we went to this one park, which apparently like on our phones, we could just see it. There was all this activity going on in this park. It's popping. Like things are happening. There's a gym there. Yeah, I'm not going to get into all the specifics. You don't really care. But so we go there and there's just like 40 people there and they're all like they're all like high school kids like there's us who they like they assume that we're not playing it that we're just like trying to go sit at the park or whatever and but we are and we, we're definitely playing it but they, you know they're all we, we can tell that they're playing they'll have their phones out they're all doing it and and we're seeing and we're seeing these groups of like it was a group of of like kind of like somewhat kind of nerdy guys like a, a crew that i would have probably hung out with in, in high school and then a crew of like yeah mildly nerdy but you know not not ridiculous you know a group of girls that are you know had a little bit of a nerdy side to them and these two they were on both they were on opposite side of the park and then they just slowly but surely mended you know and, and became one and then they just started all talking and then they were just like we saw them like two times later as a big group then the rest of the day walking to all these different spots to pack, uh, pick out their you know with their phones out picking up pokemon doing this sort of stuff i don't know if they ended up saying hey this is pretty cool let's hang out more but i'm just saying that you know that's not bad if Okay. It did better. That's way better than I did in high school because, like, I did whatever I did, and there were no girls anyway. I'll tell you what. I give those guys a pass. If you're using the poke, if you're chasing Pokemon to lead you to, to girls, I well, maybe it's a byproduct. I don't know if it's necessarily the sole intent. I think it's sort of it happens. Because now you got doing. my mind working because you know the Tinder's kind of drying up here in uh, <laughs> College Station. Well, you, guess who passed up Tinder uh, for uh, active users? Uh, it was the Pokemon Go, wasn't it? Was the Pokemon Go? Maybe yeah, I should give this a shot. I think you should. You give may it have a shot. converted me, and I can give myself a pass. Criminals have given it a shot too, because they're like luring people to spots and then robbing them. <laughs> See, this is all going to end badly. We're going to have people getting <laughs> murdered chasing Pokemon. You know what I mean? We've already had people find dead bodies chasing Pokemon. So this is this this. But I tell you, you got my mind working, and I can, yeah. If I'm doing it for the sole purpose of meeting women, I can give myself a pass there. Here's the passes. I'm going to give the official passes. Okay, I'm going to write these down okay. too. So. If you're chasing Pokemon in an effort to also – if the ulterior motive is to chase women, I give you, I give you a pass. Like I said, children, women, people, you know, guys under college age, you all have a pass already. I have no problem with chasing the Pokemon. I'm talking about grown men now. Here's the pass that you get if you're a grown man. If you're, if you're chasing the Pokemon to chase women, if you're chasing the Pokemon with your wife 
or your significant other or your girlfriend as a couple activity or if you're chasing the Pokemon like with your kids. Those are the passes I can give you. I got no problem with any of those scenarios. What I have a problem with, Rich, is a 43-year-old man with a neck beard wandering around, you know, the city, around, wandering around Central Park in his fucking Birkenstocks looking for Pokemon. I got a problem with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Get a second job. Okay. <laughs> do people still do Birkenstocks? I don't think the, people the, do. The guy in my head would have them on. Okay. I don't think they do the anymore. The guy in my okay. head does. Okay. He's all right, got all a right. neck beard. He's wearing Birkenstocks and he's wearing like a, a Star Trek The Next Generation t-shirt. <laughs> and, he's, and he's chasing Pokemon around on his phone. And, and, you know, he hasn't shaved in months. He hasn't had a decent haircut since he was a child. That, that guy should not be out chasing Pokemon. Okay? He should get his act together. That guy, you know, that, that's what drives me nuts. I don't know if that guy was ever going to get his act together, though. Your hypothetical man, I think he's kind of done. But he's really gone over the edge if he's chasing Pokemon around. Okay. You know? It's like you're chasing Pokemon. You don't see the problem with this? <laughs> Obviously not. You're out. I don't see a reason. Yeah, no, I don't see a reason getting out. I went to uh, I went to go get a new bike this weekend and the, the guy that ran the bike shop said, Oh, this week we had like this weekend we had so many people come in to get like bike repairs and 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 buy new bikes. We had our biggest sales week ever and I kept asking and they said that oh like there were kids that wanted to go and, and and you know, it wasn't enough to get the Pokemon around their area. They wanted to get on a bike and go farther and do that. Like I don't have a, that sounds pretty awesome to me. Look, we all all do dorky things. We do a three-hour wrestling podcast every week. I was going to say. Uh, you know, fantasy baseball isn't exactly the most, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that's not exactly a chick magnet in itself. There's many – everyone has their dorky habits. Some people are into comics. Some people – you know, whatever it is, name it. So, you know, but the thing is if these activities are restricted to the home and you're being a nerd in the privacy of your own home, I really don't have a problem with it. So you just don't want nerds leaving the house. That's, I don't. That's I, I have a major problem with chasing Pokemon in public. I find it weird. I find it odd. I find it disconcerting. I find it dangerous. I have a lot of problems with it. It's unsettling, I think is the best word to describe <laughs> this. It's unsettling that you are loosening up your tie on your lunch break and wandering around a cemetery at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, you know, chasing two-headed dragons and shit or whatever the hell these things are. Okay? You, you're chasing Pikachu around a cemetery – you know, on your lunch break, with your, you're, roll, you're rolling up your sleeves, you're loosening up your tie, and you're like, and you're, you're giving a big clap. You're like, all right, Krejci's gonna go out there, and I'm gonna catch the the fucking little rat who's sitting on top of the gravestone. That's a little unsettling to me. It's it's a little. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying it's normal, but you know, it's all right. I just wanted to have that Pokemon Go conversation. Somebody asked about it, and I thought uh, I needed to get Joe's thoughts. On a Pokemon Go, and surprisingly, you are not playing it yet, but you are uh, very much considering. I'll tell you it. what, I'm gonna download it as we do this show. I think, you, you know, go to the, I, I don't know what, like, is there a downtown college station or whatever uh, that you would consider? Yeah, well, the neighboring town, Brian, there's a downtown Brian. Okay, go go around there. Yeah, throw up, turn on the Pokemon Go, you know, figure it out, and, and I think you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised. Listen, do you really think that the, the hot college station co-eds, Rich, to use an 80s term, do you really think the hot college station co I think you'd be surprised. I, I'm honestly going to, I think you're going to be surprised, Joe. Okay. Do you think they're wandering around College Station in their little yoga pants chasing Pokemon? I do. Then I'm down. I honestly right do. Now. I honestly do. Yes. Right. I think I, I want you to try it sometime this week. When there's a nice day out, when people are kind of – I want you to just give it a try. You don't have to do it for long, maybe an hour or so. See how it goes for an hour. 
I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. By I might the, do a uh, special podcast. I did. You know what? That would make a nice return to Lands Unfiltered. It would. It? It would. I'm just saying, just just try it out. Like I could be wrong, but just speaking from my you know experience, I think you'll be very surprised by the amount of uh, or the type of people that are out you, and about doing. I tell stuff. you what. I'll tell you what. I mean, the nurse is a fine lady, and she's out there with all of her work friends. They're they're loving it. So there you go. Lands Unfiltered has been on hiatus, as you know. I'm preparing another three show set. I think Lands of Plays Pokemon Go would be a great <laughs> segment for Lands Unfiltered. You just gave me a show idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm going to download it now. I'm going to go play to Pokemon Go, and I'm going to see if I could successfully hook up with a female. <laughs> okay, I got to put parameters on this. Anyone go, look at? I can go catch a three. You know what I'm saying, Rich? That's no problem. No, I, I'm saying no. I'm saying reach for the star. I mean, like I, I'm do you, seven I, do you plus. Think I, seven oh, plus. Get the hell, not seven a chance. Yes. A, a legitimate seven. Yes. You think I can? I can. Okay, let's let. Okay, six, six plus. All right, all right you're lowering it now. Okay, <laughs> six. Yeah, I'm thinking seven's about it. Seven's really six. pushing it. Seven's pretty tough. Yeah, seven, seven's up there. All right, well, six plus, we'll six plus. I think, especially with your naive, your your, your like utter naive, like you don't know, you don't know a thing about don't Pokemon. Don't know a thing, and that could be that's going to help. Might. That's going to help a lot, though, because you're going to go, hey, I heard all about this, you know, Pokemon thing, or like, I, I think you got to you got to show a little bit, but I think you're you're not knowing what you're doing is going to help a lot. That's definitely because you're going to ask, you're going to ask a question, and that's going to start so it. So right, you know? that's that's without question the angle. So I find a group of college. It's the summer now. It's a little harder. Not all of them live here. But but you think I find a group of girls playing the Pokemon? That that's my in though. I'm like this naive. Why? Is- and then ask a legit question because I think you're gonna have a lot of legit questions. Yeah. And then that's your. We're gonna you know hey how do I like we I had like six people ask me hey how do I catch one of these things like I I'm throwing my and my Pokeballs and I'm not getting it or it takes me like eight Pokeballs to do it. That, just a simple question like that. I think you'll be. All right. And you think I get a six or better? Yep. All right. We'll see. Yeah. I'm downloading right now. Okay, I'm glad. All right, that's that's good. I'm glad we did this. So, uh, I'm curious. When when is the day that you're planning on? Uh, well, you'll you'll release it for uh, a lands unfiltered, right? I'll let everybody know when I'm out. I'll okay. probably live tweet the experience, and then okay. uh, yeah, I think I'll turn the entire experience into uh, you know I'll, I'll put it on an episode of Lands Unfiltered. Right. Perfect. Okay. Now we can actually get to the business end of this podcast. Which yeah, I don't know. That was pretty great too. But. Um, Got plenty to talk about. We got uh, questions here. Uh, we're going to talk about. We have the TNA rating, the final destination, uh, final deletion, rather. <laughs> Rich, I got a question for you. Yes. This says allow Pokemon Go to access photos, media,s and files on your device. I would go with no. That's a dangerous uh, they, proposition. I've got yeah, quite no, the they, collection um, of photos, media,s and files on my there's device. A, Let me there, tell there's you. a way to sign up with like. There's a way to sign up with Google, and then there's a way to sign up with like. Pokemon Go or whatever, like, don't do the Google one because they basically just say, hey, we're going to, like, we have access to everything on your account, like, from here on out. So I would just sign in with your normal account. Not that they're going to do it. I don't know what they're going to do. But, yeah, you're you're kind of a scuzzy person. You might want to. Oh! Well, you are. Scuzzy? Yeah. Listen, I'm a single eligible bachelor living a single (laughs) eligible bachelor life. I resent those remarks. I don't think there's any. uh, Scuzzy? That's, oh, man. Well, it's it's those you know you got like weird pictures from Texas girls with their like beheaded you know deers and stuff like I've seen those you've sent well, those, those to are, me. That, listen, that those were publicly on Tinder. I didn't. I, I, <laughs> but you saved them to your your. Did you see? Your I, I did you did you see? I actually met up with another girl the other night, and she too had a walking boot. What are the odds of that? 
<laughs> Did you see that? I tweeted a, oh. a picture. I tweeted a picture on the Lanza Unfiltered Twitter account. Oh god! Twice in like a year. What? What is this with me and the foot injury? What was her? What was her injury? Why does she need a walking? This one boot? had a broken heel. Oh my god! What are these girls doing? So I get to the house and she answers the door and I. <laughs> You're like for fuck's sake! I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. What's the fucking rib here? Is someone like a listener? Am I being and you're sure it's not the same woman, right? No, it's a completely different woman. Okay. Like this one's legitimately a woman. The other one was like a college student. This one is like <laughs> this one, of legal age, of course. This one was like, a, a, you know, someone. Yeah, the scuzzy part is really out of left field there, Joe. Yeah, the, where you had to preface by of legal age, of course. Well, I mean, you know, because people you, you're calling me a scuzz. People have to, look. What college student is under the age of 18? I mean, the, exactly, the age right. of consent in Texas is 16. I would never, that's, I would never go. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I, I do have a line, Rich. Okay. Normally that line's around about 20. Okay. But, but the point here is it wasn't the same girl. This was like a, of someone closer to my, I'm not going to say was my, but closer to my age. Okay. Someone in their thirties and she too had a walking boot. I couldn't fucking believe it. And I, I asked her to take a picture. I'm like, I'll explain everything, but I need to take a picture of this. Can I please? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. She posed for me. She stuck it out. And I tweeted it out because, Rich, if I told you there was a second walking boot story, would yeah, you never believe ever it. believe yeah. me? Hell no. No, God. This shit cannot possibly be happening to anybody else. How do I get a second walking boot story in the span? Okay, in a lifetime, maybe. Rich, when was the last walking boot? Like a year ago? How do I find every girl in, uh, in this relatively small town that has a leg issues? How does this happen to me? I'm seeing the picture here. I like how she uh, painted her three uh, visible toenails. That's nice. Listen, classy girl. You know, very feminine, very feminine. She's still painting the toenails. But as you can see, another person with a walking boot. And this one wasn't even removable. This is like a cast. Oh, yeah, that's a hole. Jeez. Unbelievable. (laughs) Only you. So anyway, uh, we're talking about TNAs. obvious question. Oh, well, I, I could see from your tweet that you, uh, you said that this time I went through oh, with okay. it. Okay, so. right, yeah. So I guess. How do you work around that? How did, uh, was it easy or? No, it was very difficult. Okay, I was going to say that. That seems like I would just kind of pass. I'm terrified of hurting the person. That's why I had the other one. You know, we all know how that story went. Yeah. But, uh, okay, great. Uh, TNA rating. Uh, we're talking about that after the uh, final deletion, the aftermath of that. Uh, if they were able to retain uh, their viewers, which we talked a little bit about last week, and that was a big question coming into this week. Uh, turmoil in Ring of Honor, which seems to be a constant on the show over the last uh, month or so. But uh, it's getting even more a uh, little antsy over there, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then the G1 Climax, which I think we'll start out with. Uh, it starts this weekend, so we'll, we might as well just kind of get we we a few weeks ago did like a pretty extensive preview, talked a lot about it, a lot of the you know we talked about the people that are in there. You on your solo show uh, broke everybody down, but I thought for this the purposes of this show, I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of go through every guy and give an idea of if we think that person has a chance whatsoever of winning their block or if they have a chance whatsoever of winning the entire thing. Because I, I was actually kind of surprised when we, of course, we're doing our our, our annual pick'em game at VoiceWrestling.com. <laughs> Well, that's incredibly rude. It's Pokemon Go, Rich. Oh, I was I was wondering what that noise was. I, I never heard it. All right, nice. It wants my date of birth. You know why? Because if, if, <laughs> if it knows I'm a grown man, it's going to shame me as well it Let's should. See. Let's see. It also asked me if it could access my contacts, which um, I obviously I said no. Right, I'll turn the sound okay. off here. All right, no, that's fine. No, play, play it. Play it the whole time. All right. So TNA, go on. No, I wasn't talking about TNA. I was talking about G1 Climax, actually. But you were clearly 
clearly paying attention but uh i thought for the purposes of this uh for this segment because i said a few weeks ago you did a pretty extensive preview of the g1 climax last week uh you and i kind of talked about it a little bit but i thought a good idea um is to, is to go over every guy uh and go over what chances they have of winning their block and what chances they have of winning the entire thing because i was saying i was super surprised uh, when we were doing our annual pick em contest which of course you can go to voicewrestling.com uh, to sign up there that a lot of people were picking a lot of different people to win blocks that people that i was just like oh huh i didn't think you guys were gonna like it, it, it's pretty startling the amount of people that have been picked to win these different blocks when i thought it was pretty obvious on a few of them so i wanted to at least get your thoughts and, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that of the chances of each of these guys winning their blocks so i'll, I'll kind of start real quick I, there are other podcasts i know some people are saying oh you know you guys should predict every match of the g1 climax like you do for your pick them we have our pick them game and that's where you know i'll do that and and, and other people can kind of participate and do that I don't. That's a terrible show. Like I really don't want to do that. I don't think you really want to do that. There are shows that do it well. Uh, Adam and Mike, Big Audio Nightmare. They do it, uh, a fantastic job of that every single year on F4W. It's Mike Sempervivi, obviously a friend of the site. And Adam Summers. They go through every single match and pick them and do all that. And they do it in a really fun, engaging way. You and I would probably by like Ju- July, like twenty eighth, like not care anymore and just be like grunting through it, right? Like, there's no chance in the world anybody wants to. I do don't that. even do the pick them because it drives me nuts. And, you know, we had to predict points for our, our written preview, and you had to, like, basically twist my arm just to get <laughs> me to predict points for these guys. And, uh, yeah, so I, that, that just isn't my bag, man. I could never do that. Okay, so that's, that's fine. We will not do that then. But uh, I want to do at least uh, run down these, these blocks. Uh, which we've done a little bit, but but getting a realistic idea of what you think of, of these guys have a chance. I don't know if you want to do it by odds. I don't know if you want to do it by percentages or whatever, but just maybe your thought, or even if you want to just say yes, no, or yes, they have a chance, no chance, maybe, or whatever, of each of these guys. Cause I think it'd be kind of surprised, and then at the end of this, I'll let you know um, who has been picked to win the block so far in our pick, and we have about uh, 200 or so entries that have already came in, so I can give you kind of an idea of that. But uh, I'll start with the A block. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, the, the tournament starts July 18th for people that are curious and we'll have coverage, of course, throughout the tournament. Uh, block A. So we'll start out with Bad Luck Folly. Any chance in the world that he can win his block? No, he will. There's zero chance he could win the block. Mm-hmm. Um, but he will score a lot of points, much to the chagrin. How do you say that word? Chagrin? Chagrin? Chagrin. Yeah, you got it. All right. Don't ask me to spell it, though. Much to no. the chagrin. It's a tough one. I always get it wrong every time I try to. It's like, yeah, it's like, because how would you think you would spell it? Chagrin. Because uh, it's not at all what it actually is. Like, <laughs> I guarantee you, you're going to get it wrong. C-H-A-G-R-I-N. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Are you, you serious? Yeah, a lot of people do the S. Like, people will put an S in there. But yeah, you got oh, it. Okay. All right. That wasn't that hard. It's, it's like chagrin or whatever, if you, but it's it's pronounced chagrin, of course, but then, like, you look at it and it looks like ch- like, yeah, so you I, know, I get I, it. I, you think it's fancier than it is and you try to get all... F- it's not, yeah, yeah, you think it's, like, some weird, like, really intricate, like, French word, right. and it's just like, eh, it's just chagrin. Like, it's just, you know, just spell it. Yeah. It's nice, easy. So, yeah, uh, I think I, I don't think he has a chance either of winning, but, yeah, he's going to be an interesting one because I think it's going to happen a lot where, uh, it happens every year, where he'll get a win against a big name on there, you know, a brand name. He, every single year, will get that surprise win over one of those guys. And, and everybody kind of looks at it and go, oh, my God, really? What? But it's going to happen, like, it, it, right? It's, there's no chance look, that it's not going to happen. Look, he's right? a guy who's, who's protected enough in the booking to where he, you, he's, he, he's always a threat, whether it's in the G1 or not, which is a good thing, you know, because regardless of what you think of his work, I think, you know, it's good that the company has a guy like that. So who, 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 who can be in a singles match with anyone, and there's a reasonable chance that he can win. 
especially since it's the only big monster type that they have in the company. So he'll score some wins over at least one of the big names that will that will surprise people. And I think it's good that they keep him strong because really, it, when you really break down Bad Luck Fale, if he wasn't kept strong, what purpose would he serve? If he, yeah. if he was treated like <laughs> – you know what I mean? At least he has serves a purpose on the roster. There's a reason for him to be around. Because he's he's a monster and he's kept strong and he, he squashes guys that are beneath him and he beats guys that are above him sometimes. And, it's mm-hmm. and, and you need that for this tournament as well because we'll, we'll talk about a guy in the B block that's just perfect for this tournament. And the reason why he's probably going to be in this tournament forever is because, you know, Fale is one of these guys where on any given night he has a chance of winning or losing every single match that he's in. And like, there, you know, there's not really a match where you can go, oh, yeah, there's no way Fale is going to win this because there's always something. And that makes the booking a lot easier because you need, you know, some of these guys are going to have to lose and they're going to have to lose to people that's not going to it's not going to give away a big match or it's not going to do something like that. But then it's also not going to seem ridiculous. You know, like uh, it's not going to be something like a, a Yoshihashi beating, you know, a Naito or whatever. It's But you need those guys. You need those secondary guys like a Fale or a guy we'll mention here on the B block that just. That, that, that they can win, and then it, nobody's, nobody bats an eye. It just makes sense that they win, and that it's, it kind of regulates the scoring a little bit uh, because a lot of these guys are going to be super protected, but it's good to have a few guys in here that, of course, they can uh, lose to. So, of course, Fala, you have him with no chance of winning the block, so, of course, he'll have no chance of winning the entire tournament. So we'll move on to the next guy, Hiroki Goto. Any chance that Goto comes out of the A block? Uh, look, Highly unlikely, but I'm not going to say there's no chance because I have a very good scenario for him, which I may have shared on Twitter. I can't remember. Maybe even on this show. But I think a really interesting story. You know how Goto has been having a lot of tough luck this year, and that's kind of been his theme. He just, you know, he wasn't able to win the IWGP heavyweight title again, and he, you know, he got all depressed. Kind of been his career, unfortunately. Yeah, and they're, they're playing off of that, though. You know, he's been he's yeah. been depressed and hanging out under waterfalls for some reason, and then he just, you know, he he pulled the Kevin Durant and said, "Well, if I can't beat him, I'll join him," and he and he joined up with Chaos. I have no beef with Kevin Durant, by the way. I have zero beef with that man. I don't think there's any shame in signing with the Golden State Warriors. I don't think there's any shame in chasing titles. I don't know where you stand about that. I know this isn't the KMP show. I'm right with you. No, I'm right with you. uh, You know, look, the man did nothing wrong. Okay, and I don't think LeBron did anything wrong when he went to Miami. So I, I've always been, you know, pretty consistent with that. But fact, you know, Gotos uh, joins up with Chaos. I think it'd be an interesting story if this guy who can never seem to win the big one wins the G1. Right? He wins the briefcase. He's going to Wrestle Kingdom, and then he's the first guy to then lose the briefcase at some point, <laughs> and, then, and then snaps even further. So I think that's kind of an interesting story. So I will give him a one percent chance to win the block. Okay, all right. Um, you'll be interested. You'll be interested uh, that he has been picked quite a few times actually to win the block by our our pick on participants. Really? All right. Well, uh, I, yeah. I mean, not, not not a lot, but like way more than I thought. What percent? What percentage of the? Okay, I'll, I'll give you an idea here. Actually, I can run this down as we're kind of going. Um, Bad Luck Folly, one person has picked him so far uh, to win the block. Yeah. So that's uh, 0.5% at, at this point as we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, Hiroki Goto, 3.1% of our uh, entrants uh, have him uh, winning the A block. That's about six people total. That's 3.1% is, is, is higher than I would think. I thought there'd be one or two. Six is, is a lot already. I mean, at this point, we're only at 200 responses yet. So there's plenty more to come sure. in. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a pretty high number, at least for what I thought. I agree. But it's, it's interesting. I, I like that. It's, it's a cool scenario. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Um, you know, I, I look, I, I know he's going to have great matches and, you know, he's an upper mid card guy. I really think he has zero percent chance of winning the tournament. Or, or is it win the block or win the tournament? Maybe we should do both. Uh, both. I, maybe, no, I'm doing both. I'm doing win the, win, the, win the block and then win the tournament. Look, he has a very, very outside shot at winning the block. 
because anyone with a pulse can really it, it can win a block because as long as they're facing a major star and then look the final sold out already you know what i mean so you can play around with the final matchup a little bit because that night is sold out so you know you really can put almost anyone in a final anyone can win a block the fact is though his block is so loaded with some of the guys we're going to talk about later that I think it's very slim that he can win the block less than mm-hmm. 5% and 0% chance that he wins the tournament. Yeah. Right now, uh, 12 people have picked him to win the a block. Uh, uh it's a 6.3% just about that have picked him, but I, I kind of, I'm right with you. You know, I really like Ishii and I think he is, like you said, the upper mid card. He's obviously solidly in that spot right now, but it's just going that extra step with him. I just don't know if they're ready to do that yet. I don't. It's just like he I think he kind of exists and I actually like his role where he is right now. I'm almost fine with him not getting to that upper level. Maybe he gets a title shot every so often. You know, we saw a, a few months ago or maybe he does a few of those every so often where he kind of gets there for a little bit. But I like him in this role. I think this is probably the best spot for him versus being in that main event mix because I, I just don't know. And the guys, he's not young either. Like that's another thing you got to remember as well. So the idea that all of a sudden they're going to kind of light a fire under him. I don't know. But like you're saying, anybody can realistically win the block because it's not that, you know, winning the block isn't that big of a deal. Winning the actual thing, the G1 Climax, that's your big deal. But if you have a big matchup against the guy who will obviously beat him, then okay, then it works a little bit better. But yeah, anybody could win a block. But yeah, he's got a really an uphill battle with this uh, with the A block this year. Uh, there's just too much talent on this uh, and his block just too many guys that he has to leapfrog to get there too. So yeah, I I put him at a very low percent chance. I would probably maybe put him at about a two percent to win the block, uh, but a zero percent to win the whole thing. Just no chance whatsoever. Uh, Togi Makabe, zero uh, percent to win the block, zero percent to uh, yeah. win the tournament. I, I I just got done saying that anyone could win a block. This is a, <laughs> except for Togi. Well, this Makabe. is a guy who in some years I would say sure you know he can go in win a block and but not this year. I I just don't see it at all. He's been definitely, and I wrote that in our preview that we uh, we put up on voiceofwrestling.com, that he has been really taking a backseat this year in general. Yeah, of course, he's done the stuff with Hanma. He's done the tag team. But, you know, more than any other year, because this is a guy that's always in the mix. Like, if you go back and look at the past, you know, half decade of G1s, like, that's a guy who's either winning it, like he won it in 2009, or right there, he's either tied for the lead, right up there in first, second, or third. Uh, it, there's no chance. Like, there's no chance in, my, in the world. I don't think he's going to be in the top half of this block this year, to be honest. I really don't. I mean, you look at the talent that's on that block and you look at where Makabe is at this point in this career, in this year. I don't know. I just don't see him as I just see him as such an afterthought this year. Yeah, there's really nothing going on with him. So there's no reason for him to get wins that he that he might normally not get. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the block is so loaded. If he was in the B block, yeah, maybe he does have a, uh, like a chance of of kind of being in that mix. But this block, that A block is so loaded with guys and guys that they're doing stuff with and guys that are protected and guys that are big stars or guys that will be future stars. So it's just it, 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 yeah, he's just such an afterthought in this block this year. I'd be shocked if he I, I think I put him at like either four. I don't have the number in front of me, either four or six points. I think you might have put him at eight. But yeah, I just don't see him in the mix at all. I just see him as a complete afterthought. Yeah, yeah. And anything below 10 points is a losing record. You know, yeah. That's the way you got to look at it. So, All right, Naomichi Marafuji. I mean, he's got a shot to win. I, I, I say a shot, but a very, very, very slim chance of winning the, the block. And no chance of winning the look. A Noah guy's not gonna even Marafuji, who you know he's not gonna moonwalk in here and win the G1. I mean, let's be realistic. Um, he's here to um, um, you know spice up the field a little bit, and you know they finally felt the need this year to take advantage of the Noah Association 
uh, obviously because of all the losses in their roster in uh, this past January. And that's why he's here. He's not here to uh, win the tournament or even threaten to do so. Um, five people right now have picked him uh, to win the block. It's a 2.6%, which I, I could see that. I mean, I could maybe see an outside chance that he wins a block, but I, I would highly doubt it. I, I put it at about zero. I, I just don't really see it happening whatsoever. I will ask you this, though. Fuji, who does he upset? If he does upset somebody, say, I, I don't know if you think he will. Who Does he beat anybody? Does he oh, beat Okada? Does he beat a Tanahashi? I think he's going to score a lot of points, and I think he's going to upset. I, he's going to score. Look, here's the thing with Marifuji. We got to get out of the bubble a little bit. In inside the bubble, and especially inside the bubble of the bubble, there's this idea that he's just this terrible wrestler now, and everybody hates him, and that's that's work rate stuff. Okay, he's still viewed as a star. Mm-hmm. You got to remember that he's still viewed as a star, no matter what you think of his work. He's still viewed as a guy where it, it's not insulting for anyone to lose to him. I, I really don't think it's insulting for anyone to lose to him. So. I think he's going to score a lot of points, actually, and that means he's going to have to upset some people. I think he very, I think he would have to be favored in matches against the second level guys like Goto, Ishii, and Makabe. I think he'd be the favorite to win those matches, actually, as yeah. as the top guy in Noah over the second tier guys in New Japan. I think I think that's that's a, that's a key that I think you have to mention. I think people have to get it through their mind is that he's coming into Noah, and Noah is still an organization that you know <laughs> New Japan owns a part of. They own an ownership stake in it or whatever. They're going to want those. That's a top star in Noah. They're not just going to have this guy come here and win two matches and then bounce. Like that's you know that's still a guy that's a big deal on that roster. Like you can't have him come in here and just look like a complete fool. You know, for your guys, that's just not what's going to happen. No, I think it's far more likely that Nakajima has a losing record than Marafuji does. Even though Agreed. I think Nakajima, well, I don't know who will have the better matches because Marafuji's in a block where he's set up for success to have great matches. They're both going to have great matches, in my opinion. I'm not down on Marafuji like other people are. I don't think he's what he was 10 years ago. Don't get me wrong. He's very chop happy and his matches are excessive sometimes. He's not the guy he was, but I, I'm not as down on him as other I people think, are. I think the G1 Climax format is going to help him out a lot because the Mirafuji matches that I despise are the 45-minute Noah, like those plotting, horrible, slow main events or whatever. This, when you got 15 minutes to get here and get out, I think that's right up his alley. That's when Mirafuji was great. You know, when he was coming up through Noah is when I loved him, and I know you did as well. Like, those quick sort of, that's the stuff that I like. I do not like when he's in there for 50 minutes, you know, just slapping a guy and chopping him for, you know, 25 minutes or whatever. That does nothing for me. But I could see him in 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever in a nice compact G1 match being great because he doesn't have time to do all that sort of happy go. You know, he doesn't have the time to to, to mess around and, 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 and jack around. Like, he's got to get going, and that's, I think, going to really help him. I think that's a great point. So I think you'll be surprised. I think people will be pleasantly surprised by Mirafuji's output uh, in this tournament. But yeah, I, I very small chance of winning the block and absolutely zero chance of winning the entire thing. But uh, as I said, uh, five people have picked him so far, 2.6 uh, people there. Uh, of course, Okada, Kazushiko Okada, probably a, a pretty good chance to win uh, the block. Do you see that? Uh, people have sort of, I, I've been kind of curious that not many people have went, you know, picked him to win the block or win the G1. He's a guy who went out there and said, hey, I want to win the G1 as a champion. And if there is a guy, you know, that you would have do that, it's Okada, right? You picked him to, to sweep the block. Did, you, did, did you not? I did. You've got him at 18 points. And I'm saying go all in. I'm putting all the chips in. If I'm Gato, I'm like, all right. Do you, here, do you have him winning go. the final two? I do. You have him winning every match of the G1. I do. I don't think that's outlandish either. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't. I, I, it's one of those things where I, I, I doubt it's going to happen. Like, I think he's going to lose some. 
but I want to be the guy that predicts it if he does. You know what I mean? Like if if because there's it's not a zero percent chance that he does that. And I want to be the guy that says, yeah, see, duh. Of course he would win every single match. You know, he's the ace or whatever. That's why I'm doing it. But yeah, it's 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 a weird one there. I'm kind of playing the game there a little bit. More than any other recent year, um, I feel like this is a year where the champion has a chance to win the whole thing. So I think he has an excellent chance of winning the block. I don't think he would have said what he said if there wasn't going to be something hinted towards it. You know, like whether or not he's maybe he gets all the way to the finals, maybe he gets upset in the final, like whatever it is. There was a reason why he said, hey, I have the title now. Oh, and one thing I want to do is win the G1 as a champion. I, there's something there. There's there's maybe. intent there. There might be. Sometimes we work ourselves into a shoot with stuff like that. But sometimes there is something behind it. So I definitely think he, he win the block. And I, I do think there's a chance. I think there's a 50-50 shot. He wins the whole thing. I would go that high. Um, and I think there's an excellent chance. I mean, to me, the block's coming down to him and Tanahashi, realistically. So, um, yeah, I, I, he can easily win both. Uh, right now, 56 people have picked uh, Okada to win the A block, 29.2%. Uh, uh, so there you go for that one. Uh, move on to Sonata, all caps, by the way. Uh, make sure you make sure people don't forget that. It's all caps. It's all, you know? it's all caps when he's in this company. You know, I, yeah, I, I keep seeing people with the lowercase. No, 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 no. All caps. Evil, too. No, no, no lowercase on evil. All caps. Got to stylize right? it, man. And it's not say a Sonata either. It's just Sonata. No. You know, it's Cold Stone. That's the old, that's the old Sonata. Yeah, that's the old one. Is he Cold one. Skull? I always say Cold Stone, but that's like an ice cream joint, right? Do you have those in yeah. Chicago? We do, Cold yeah. Cold Stone Creamery? I'm okay. I, 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 a little overrated in the ice cream world, but that's all right. Yeah. Look, what about you? you know how, what are your thoughts on ice cream? You know how I feel about fancy ice cream. Ice cream is ice cream. So. <laughs> Fancy ice cream's fine. Like I don't, you can't. No, okay. This is that's one of your most ridiculous things. I get your gelato thing, whatever. Oh, you're all right. You're giving me this allowed to be fancy because gelato is a fucking scam, Rich. I don't care. I know. I know. That's fine. Gelato literally means ice cream, but yet people (laughs) will pay like a twenty percent surcharge on it because because it's labeled gelato. It's literally ice cream. You know, you could probably make a killing there in Texas uh, being a gelato salesman. I, I, listen, I, I, I mean, you got, you're Italian, so people trust you immediately to, to get the good gelato. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you a real life story. You got slices, gelato, you're good to go. I, right there. Do it. Me and my ex, because she's Italian too, and we both moved here from Jersey, we thought long and hard, and it, I won't, I don't, I don't want to say it almost happened, but there, we, we got to the, the early planning stages of, because, uh, you know, we're on a college campus, so, you know, there's a lot of food trucks, obviously, right? Yeah. We were going to do a food truck, but we were going to do it with Italian meatballs. The gimmick of the food truck is going to be Italian meatballs because no one makes a – Oh, having been in the south, the, the Italian food is horrendous. Yeah. No one does a good oh. Italian meatball down here. So we were going to do a food truck that all we made well, – the gimmick was just going to be Italian, Italian meatballs. But uh, you know, it just never got past the planning stage or whatever. But yeah, so – funny. If, if I ever do move anywhere, even though I don't like deep dish Chicago-style pizza or whatever, I am going to – I've made it mention it. I told Michelle that if we ever do move anywhere, particularly if it's in the south or it's like South Carolina or whatever – I am opening up a pizza place there because their pizza is horrendous. And I am positive that if I say, hey, I have, you know, deep dish or at least Chicago, like I, I just know I can make it better than anybody there makes it. It's so bad. Some of these weirdos prefer shitty pizza to good pizza. though. It, like that's the problem. Like they love their like little Caesars. And right, right, right. So it, it might be hard to break that mold, but I'm hoping that if they just try like something that resembles pizza and it, like this, the sauce didn't just come from a can and get plopped onto like a piece of pre-made dough that maybe then they'll understand the difference, but probably not. So yeah. The other problem is my ex made really shitty meatballs. Like, 
she was an excellent cook. Like she really is an excellent cook and she's very good at making Italian food. Her meatballs were terrible. And the thing was I could never tell her the meatballs were terrible because it was like her grandmother's recipe. I was going to say because grandma was good at it and her mom was good at it, but she was terrible. Right. It was like her grandmother's special recipe and she would always make these meatballs and they weren't good. I mean they were the most mediocre meatballs. But I went through this whole five-year relationship never telling her that the meatballs were very mediocre. After after we broke up (laughs) – she offered to make me meatballs for whatever favor that I did for her because, you know, we're still friends and all that. It's the dog I'm watching all the time. So anyway, um, you know, and, and I was like, nah, I'm good on the meatballs. And then it had to come out because then she had to know. And I was like, look, your meatballs stink, okay? Tell your grandma too. They're just not good, oh. you know? And you ever, you ever thought that maybe uh, being honest in a relationship would be a good idea? What, telling her the meatball? No, see, yeah. don't see, Rich, not – I don't deal with fiery Italian women, so I don't, I don't know if that's a difference. Uh, it, it, it's not fiery at all, but the, the, the thing about it is – there's some things that you just like – I don't consider that being dishonest. There's little white lies that you – like okay, you don't, I don't think you want to crush someone's like grandmother's meatball over over their grandmother's meatballs. You know what I mean? That's just kind of cruel. So well, I, did you ever have her grandmother's? Were, were those good God, or was it, was, it she's just really bad at it? Oh, mediocre. Okay. Like, oh, so the whole recipe she, sucks. Okay. Right. She did a great job making the grandmother's meatballs. Ah, uh, okay. I was just – okay. I thought she was like, well, I don't do eggs. I don't like the eggs. Like, so I don't put them – okay. No. So it, it was, old lady I ever met, all right, made everything else tremendous. I'll eat her baked ziti all goddamn day. The meatballs were shit. You know, I, I'm not going to tell an 80 year old woman her meatball stick. What, what kind of monster am I? I know, yeah, geez, I know I'm scuzz, but geez, I'm not going to tell an 80 year old woman her, her her fucking meatball stink. Anyway, Sonata. I don't know how we got okay, to this, but Sonata, Sonata, all caps. The thing with Sonata is not yet. Okay, and I wrote this in our little preview deal that we did. Sonata is going to replace Shibata as the guy that everybody is like, when are they going to push him? Why do they keep burying Sonata? He's got to get in line. One day they're going to push this guy and they're going to push this guy hard. I think the one big take, the one sneaky takeaway here with Sonata, okay, because he's got, you know, he's got other people in front of him right now, including Shibata, by the way, who I think is going to get a push next year, okay? The thing with Sonata that, that was real sneaky, they put evil in Naito's block. They did not put Sonata in Naito's block. I think the long term plan at some point is going to be Sonata turning on Naito or Naito turning on Sonata. It really doesn't matter. I think both of them have. Big time potential as baby faces. I think eventually both of them will be, but at some point one is going to turn on the other, and that's going to be a big feud. And I think that's yeah. why they kept them apart here. All right, move on to the next one. Uh, Tanahashi, of course, yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, your favorite to win the block? I mean, I thought a few weeks ago I was being unique when I when I said that he's probably the favorite to win the whole fucking thing. But I mean, I assuming health, which is a big assumption. Did you see what his arm looks like? Now, here's the thing. How do we? That's disgusting. Now, is is this all work or what? I mean, I I mean, his bicep is definitely not where it used to be. <laughs> like his arm here's, is there's here's the thing. I don't doubt that he, his shoulder was hurt. Are they overemphasizing the injury now? Most likely, yes. It, it being pro wrestling, yes. To create a little storyline juice. It's, it's one of those things. It's like the McDivitt has always said that, the WF lawyer or whatever, that when you say, like, I, I think a lot of it came during the, I think it was Bischoff challenged Vince. I think, and this is one of the things he said when, do you remember that in like 1998 when Eric Bischoff challenged Vince McMahon to like face him at, I forgot, it was Slamboree or something like that, that he, you know, he said, oh, Vince is going to be here and he's going to fight me or whatever. And Jeremy McDivitt said, you know, because then the night before, 
before I think WCW said, oh, no, he's not going to be there. We were just lying or whatever. And his contention was in pro wrestling, if you say something isn't going to happen, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's how the world we live in is that when you say, oh, no, no, he's not going to be here. Like we always talk about when it says, oh, the, the, the you know, the club cannot interfere or else the match is thrown out. And then you know for a fact that they're interfering when they say that. Right. That was one of the things where if, if Tanashi was really, truly that injured, they probably wouldn't say a thing. Right. It would be kept under wraps versus them going, oh, my God, he can't even raise his arm up. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's probably over enhanced. Right. That, that's my thing. I'm not sure yeah. where I stand on it, but I definitely think there's a possibility there. And, and I think all of the matches are going to be worked around his shoulder. And um, now that could be a way to, ha- to allow him to have easier matches where he just, you know, they give him arm ringers and he sells the arm the entire match. You know what I mean? Because he is very fucked up. Or it could be that this rest has done him well and served him well. Look, the fact of the matter was, and we talked about this when they yanked him from the Super Junior Tour with the injury angle, they couldn't have him go get surgery and miss this tour. You gotta, you gotta sell tickets on this tour, and, and obviously he's a big part of that. They're doing Tanahashi Okada on this tour. It tells you all you need to know. They feel like they need that match to 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 fill Sumo Hall. So I don't doubt that he's hurt, that he was hurt. I I'm questioning the severity of the injury now and whether they're like you're saying, just playing it up. Uh, for other reasons. I, I don't know. But if we're assuming health, which you have to do, if he's going to get in the ring, I'm assuming that he's healthy enough to at least have competent matches and be a, a solid performer. He's got to be a favorite to win the block and one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you mentioned this a little bit in your preview that if he says, and he gives that thumbs up that says, yeah, I'm going to go into the G1, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to do this, he's not going to come in and then work you know, half-assed. Right? You, you can't do that. It's going to stick out like a sore thumb if Tana actually goes out there and has like really shitty matches or whatever. So you got to assume that he's at least healthy enough if he gave this thumb up to say, hey, look, I, I'm at where I'm at in this company in the spot that I am because every match that I'm in has some level of it's got to be it's got to be good you know it's got to be solid it's got to be decent every single match that he's in because that's the standard that he set and the standard that he's helped set with that g1 so it's not something like this guy can say yeah i'm good to go yeah let me work half ass and and just kind of you know work my you know really just kind of not put a whole lot of effort until we get to that okada match and maybe i'll be healthy by then you got to assume that if he says yeah i'm ready to go for this tournament i'm, I'm ready to do this that he's going to give it his all we, we had the same conversation last year at this exact same time as well we were wondering about his back and then he went out there and killed it so it's it's exactly. a situation again where uh it'll be interesting to see but he is a heavy favorite from a lot of people he's got uh 52 of our uh our responses so far have him winning the a block if you go back uh, overwhelming favorite if you go back and listen to our audio or go read the stuff that was written on our site the theme coming into last year's g1 is is tanahashi done period is his career over is this back injury finishing him off as a as a as a high-level performer, are the days of the great Tanahashi matches over? Is this guy through? And then all he did was go out there, and he was arguably the best guy in the tournament. He was arguably the MVP of the tournament who had the best matches on a night-in, night-out basis. This is deja vu. So I don't know. It's like fool me once. You know, it's kind of like that theory. I, I want to I see him perform. I want to see how it goes. Now, if he has to drop out early, the problem is this is a guy who's clearly going to win seven or more matches or at least slated to win seven or more matches. That's a lot of zeros to throw on the board, and that's a lot of booking that gets fucked up. Yeah, especially with a guy like that. That's going to be a mess. Right. Yeah. It's different if a guy gets hurt who was scheduled to win four matches. You can work around that pretty easily. It's hard to work around a guy who was scheduled to win seven or more matches. You could slide Kojima right in there. Kojima's a guy who can win matches credibly, and it's not embarrassing. It's not like you're sticking – 
um, you know, like like Hanma in that place or something where he's not going to be able to beat those top. Kojima could beat, but it would have to be early enough in the tournament. If to, if 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 it's in the, on the first or second night, you can do a replacement. If it's on like the sixth or seventh night, it's too late to stick a replacement in there. Yeah. So it's an interesting situation to watch play out. That'll be something to definitely keep your eye on. Uh, Tenzan, his final G1, the twentieth he's ever had. Any chance they do the miracle run with him? Do they get sappy and have him go all the way? Yes, but I'd feel much better about it if he was in the other block. It's so hard to imagine them, you know, beating. Like he could beat Okada because they could set up a title match, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead of having him make the miracle run in G1, maybe he could beat Okada, and then they could have a title match on one of the 19 destruction pay per views they're having or something. You know what I mean? And that would have a lot of juice. Tenzon's last shot at the title, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We've had quite a few people pick that scenario as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, you could do that. But I have a hard time believing he's going to run through all these guys. And you know, win the block, sure, because I could see him losing a final in dramatic fashion to a guy he beat last year, right? Remember he beat Naito? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make a lot of sense? And then, you know, Naito gets the win back in the final. So it's like maybe they do something like that. He could win the block. I just – I. I'd feel much more comfortable about it if he was in the other block, though. It's a really tough scenario to make. I mean, it makes sense when you say it in your head, but then you look at the other guys in this block and you look at the Tanahashis and the Okadas and even the Ishis and those sort of guys, and you go, ah, man, that's really, really tall timber for Tenzan to beat all those guys. I think he can do it. I I don't know. We have eight people that have picked it so far. Um, I have him winning a lot and, 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 you know, really having some fun matches. Of course, winning on the final night, I think, would, would, would definitely be something that you would see. But winning the block, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger on it. It just doesn't. It, it, it's so hard to make that scenario work. Um, it's just a lot of wins for Tenzan. And there's always also the worry as well that, you know, can he hold up through this entire tournament? Here's a guy in the fast that has dropped out of the tournament. And here's a guy that I'm, I'm sure he's going to give you know, the, the most amount of effort he could possibly give. And is that going to be a detriment to him? Is he maybe better off kind of coasting a little bit? Because I don't know, it, it's going to be very interesting to keep your eye on uh, Tanahashi and Tenzan to see their health uh, throughout this tournament. Cause Tenzan, you know, he's a volatile guy. I, I, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be fine, but it, it really matters how much he really puts into every single match that he's in there. If he kind of does what he's been doing for the past year. Okay. He'll be fine. But if he really goes, Hey, this is my, this is it. I got to get going. I got to have these great matches. We'll see. Cause he has done it. I'm pre, I'm, Past G ones, people there. People are always surprised by Tenzan's efforts uh, during the G one. So it'll be uh, be interesting to see. And this definitely. year he's been working really hard for people who are paying attention to the smaller shows and the quirk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He seemed real motivated even before they announced he was. We everyone knew something was up. We just didn't know this was it. From a storyline perspective, it's much more interesting to have him in the tournament than Kojima. From a work rate perspective, obviously it would have been far more advantageous to have Kojima in there. Sure. It all depends what you'd rather have in your wrestling. All right, move on to the final guy, Tamatonga. Uh, yeah, I mean, he has no chance to win the block <laughs> or win the tournament. I think he actually has more of a chance to, to put up the goose egg and win zero matches. Yeah, you had him for zero. I think I had him for either two or four. Like, I, I just don't see a lot of scenarios. I was going through it. And I, it's like, I don't know who he beats. Like, maybe he beats Belak Folly to kind of knock him out or spoil him a little bit. But otherwise, I mean, you look at top and down the list and it's like, no, nah, that guy should probably get a win over Tonga. Like, it's really hard to see him winning any matches like you really have to stretch to even find one win for him the thing about him is this is a much bigger tournament for him the, the, from the perspective of he really needs to prove himself and have good matches because mm-hmm. um he the tag team was obviously not good um and we're done beating them up but that tag team was just not good and as uh, our good friend alan always points out he had a terrible new japan cup as well so he's done nothing 
since they've gave, given him this push to prove that he's deserved the push. So this is a big, big, huge tournament for this guy in terms of proving that he belongs or whether he's an enhancement guy. And a very good one, but that's what some guys are. So this tournament, I think, will go a long way in determining exactly what he is. Yeah, and if maybe 10 years down the line we look and go, oh, Tomatonga was in the G1, huh? That was funny. Like, remember that? Like, uh, like he could be one of those guys where we look back and go, oh, geez, wow, Tomatonga, huh? Hmm. Like Wolf, like, <laughs> like Wolf Hawkfield in the G1. <laughs> right, and be like, ah, oh, Tomatonga was in the G1, huh? Who knew? Like, that's interesting. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah, who are, I'm trying to think of some others off the top of my head. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a great one. Um, who is it? There's some real crazy. Yeah, like the 90s had a lot of really shitty ones. I'm more thinking of like the 2000s at least. Yeah, uh, those ones. It's, it's kind of hard to find. Like it, they basically got from about like 2005 on. It got pretty solid. But yeah, the 90s and like the early, early 2000s have a lot of really shitty guys that, that got Baba, a one. Baba really used to like to throw a lot of really shitty people in the carnival every year. And they because he wouldn't really do parody booking. You know what I mean? Like he'd have guys, you, you know, everyone would just crush these guys and they'd score zero points or one point or two points. You know, whether it was Kamala two or Wolf Hawkfield or people like that, you'd always have some really odd people in in the bottom of the standings in the champion carnival. And a lot of and a lot of the reason that a lot of people don't remember that a lot of these weird guys were in these tournaments is because everything didn't make tape back then. Or if it didn't make tape, you weren't gonna waste your valuable tape trades on shows that had, you know, Wolf Hawkfield matches on them. You know what I mean? You were going to trade tape or you were going to buy tapes of shows that had Misawa and Kabashi on them in big time matches against each other. So people don't remember that because they didn't see a lot of those matches with these shittier guys. And he's- uh, Blue Wolf. That's who I was thinking of. Blue Wolf. I knew there was a wolf in one of these. Yeah, yeah Blue a Wolf. A lot of disrespect to Blue Wolf. A lot of I'm not. No, I'm just saying. Wolf. He's kind of, you know, you know kind of. Yeah, not exactly a contender to ever win. Kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in a, <laughs> you know, in a, in a G1 that features uh, oh, Shibata. I forgot Shibata. Yeah, top, top of his block. I love this block. Look at this block that he was in. What year are we talking here? <laughs> this is 2004. Okay. All right. Here's the rest of the. Here, here are a few guys that are in his block: Shibata, Tenru, Nakamura, Chono, Minoru Suzuki, and Yuji Nagata. So did Blue Wolf score? What he? What he, he he got a four. Yeah, he, he, he beat he, Shibata. And let me see. Shibata was at the top of his block that year. That oh, was, was he? don't forget that was that was Shibata was a deal. Was, I, I thought that might have been before they pushed him. Oh no! You know he did beat he did beat Shibata. You're right. Yeah, see, but how many points does Shibata have? Uh, Shibata had eight because Shibata beat Chono. Hey, he went like four and four. Uh, oh god, he beat Tenru, and uh, was it Yukato Yoshi? I think is I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, yeah, he stinks. Oh, I remember him. He yeah. big fan yeah 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 guy. He that guy, yeah yeah he uh, yeah. So that's who he beat there. So huh? he beat he beat Shibata. I like how he beats Tenru and then loses to Blue Wolf. That's so who good. Blue Wolf? Who was his other win? Yoshi. Uh, it was Yoshi. Yeah. So he beat Yoshi and Shibata. Mm-hmm. Who was in the other block? Uh, Tanahashi, Tenzan, Sasaki, Kanemoto, Nakanishi, Nishimura, Maka, Makabe, and then Takayama. Wow, that's a loaded cheese. Good block. That's a hell of a tournament. There. I'm guessing the juniors were the ones that got beat up on a little bit. Yeah. So you well, said, no. You said uh, who who finished at the bottom? Uh, Takiyama actually finished in the bottom of the B block. Okay. He had two points. That's all I gave. That's all I gave him. Oh, he forfeited. Okay, he forfeited. As I say, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Takiyama would be so bad. Okay. No, he forfeited three matches. So that makes a lot more sense. And then Makabe, uh, who was a junior at that point, he ended up uh, picking up probably an extra win because of that. So. Was he still a junior then? 
that was. Uh, I don't know. 2004. I don't know. He he wasn't Shinya anymore. But well, uh, I, don't I don't know think if he was a junior well. anymore. But you I, you named a couple. Didn't you like Kanem, uh, did you, Yeah, Kanemoto. Uh, Kanemoto was in there. He got six Kanemoto, points. And yeah. then uh, Ishimura. Nishimura was in so there. Kanem- so, so so Koji Kanemoto went like three and five or something. Yeah, yeah. So, he uh, let me see who he beats here. He beats. Uh, Nishimura and oh Takayama and he beat Takayama See, from the. I, well. I kind of like when they put a big time junior in there because they can lose any match, and it doesn't hurt them, but th- right. but they can have good matches and that's something they haven't done. And they gain extra respect by you know taking the yes. taking the uh, heavyweight to the limit and then still losing. It's like all right, well whatever you know <laughs> he's he's a hundred pounds heavier than me. That's why he beat me. But yeah, at least you showed a little bit of fire and and passion there. All right, nice. It's a, it's a good little tournament there. The G1s always have really... I mean, people always kind of... Some people roll their eyes at the G1 of, oh, it's overrated or whatever. And there's a lot of really good shit at G1s. Like, you go through the history, man, and, like, the amount of names in there and the amount of matches, like, there's just... What a great tournament this is. It's not really a breaking news audio here, but... Really, really great. Okay, B-Block. Michael Elgin. Uh, he could win the block. I mean, I wouldn't peg him as one of the favorites to win the block. The problem with him winning the block is he doesn't really have like an obvious opponent on the other side to face. But he's a guy that they're pushing and they respect. Look, if you win that title, they respect you in the booking. Yeah. So he's not going to win the block, but I wouldn't say he has a 0% chance. I'll give him the, uh, who, you know, I gave someone a 1% chance on the other side. I'll give him a 1% chance here. Yeah, and we have uh, one person so far has picked him to win the B block. But yeah, here's a guy again. We we mentioned that uh, during the A block. If you have him win the block and then he loses in the finals, like that, that's fine. You could do that. Uh, you know, there's a big difference between winning your block and winning the entire thing. No chance of winning the entire thing for Michael Elgin. But you know, yeah, it wouldn't be out of the complete realm possibility if he wins the B block. I don't think so. But like you said, there it's not a zero. It's not just something you can immediately uh, throw out there. What about evil? Again, all caps, by the way. Evil, I think, is beating Shibata on the last day, and that's very clearly a spoiler where I think he's going to knock Shibata out and it sets up a never title match. But I don't think he has a chance to win the block because if he wins the block, Naito's in the block and that's not, that's a bad look for Naito. So I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. And nobody has picked evil so far and I don't think anybody will. Yeah. He just makes no sense to, uh, he'll score some points though. Oh, certainly. He's going to score some points and he's going to set up a title match against Shibata, which will be, you know, a hell of a match and then a hell of a title match too. If that's, if that's what they do. Tomiyaki Hanma. No, I mean, no chance and no chance. And it, yeah. there's a good chance he scores either zero or two again. But, um, you know, a, or he could win four or five matches. I don't know. I, anything could happen with him now. He's a, he's a big variant. Hanma's a big variant now because it's, 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 you're not really, I, I don't know if I'm quite sure where he really stands in, in, in New Japan right now or is where he stands in a G1. Is he a guy, that, again, that's just in here to kind of take falls? Or is he just a guy, like we said? We've seen him sort of evolve into that now where he's just kind of a guy on the roster, a, kind of a mid-card guy at this point. Maybe he does just trade wins and wins, you know, four or five. I don't know. He's, he's, yeah, the, he's could go there to way. fuck up your spreadsheet because right. you're going to pick him to win one match. You're going to pick him to get shut out, and then he's going to win five matches and blow up your sheet. Or the opposite's going to happen. Yeah, or you pick him a bunch and then he doesn't win one. So, uh, Yuji Nagata. I mean, no, I no, I don't think he. Could win. I put him at zero. Yeah, I put him at I, yeah, zero. I mean, you know, it's it's. I think he'll get his eight. He'll have eight points, and then that, and that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think his little push this year was just merely a device to get Shibata over. I, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with you there. Yeah, and nobody has picked him yet either, and, and I don't blame them. That's he. he yeah, there's zero percent chance for him. So, uh, Naito, of course, heavy favorite. Seventy-seven uh, percent of our uh, responses have him winning the B block. You agree as well that he wins the B block? Yeah, I, quickly on Nagata, it's like putting Shibata over him was like sort of like that stamp of approval. 
of of strong. It was a strong style stamp of approval, and that's the perfect guy to do that. Like Shibata finally signed the contract, and now he you know, for full acceptance in the eyes of the fans and on the roster and all that. Nagata was the perfect guy to use uh, as a tool. But yeah, so who 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 are we just talk about now? Uh, Naito now. Oh yeah, but there's not too much to add to him. I mean, he's, he's a, a uh, yeah, absolutely heavy over player. overwhelming favorite to win the block at least. I mean, the block I'd put him at ninety percent, if not higher. And the tournament, you know, obviously one of the two favorites to win the entire tournament, too. Sure. Uh, not much interesting to have about him, so we'll, we'll move on to the uh, few of the other guys, because I think there might be a few guys that, you know, have an outside chance of winning the block, so we'll get to them. So I think that's a little bit more interesting. But Nakajima, uh, I put him at a 0% chance to win the block and 0% chance to win. No, the no chance yeah. whatsoever. I, yeah. He's there to have good matches and to beef up the cards a little bit with some work rate, and uh, that's his purpose. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes like 3-6. and six. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. he's going to have good matches, and he's got some matches that I'm just salivating over. I mean, he's going to, I think he's facing Shibata and Cork and Hall, which, I mean, fuck. I mean, geez. That's one of my I'm, most I'm looking for him and Omega. Matches. Him and Omega, I'm definitely looking forward to as That's well. That's a little um, odd mix of styles, too. You know, the yeah. one match I'm upset that we're not getting, I would have loved for him to be in Bad Luck Folly's block. I think that would have been a very interesting dynamic. You want him chopping down that yes, tree? Yes, chopping down that fucking tree. And just, just <laughs> yeah, this little guy, five foot six, doesn't know what to do with this fucking monster. I would have been interested in seeing that. It might have been terrible, might have been great. You know who he works, you know who he has awesome chemistry with? And it's the weirdest fucking thing. And they ha- I wish they would explore it further. Lance Archer, or Lance Hoyt, whatever you want to call him. When they did that little deal with where they, they where Nakajima uh, challenged for the tag team titles and they had a little singles match there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe the count. You would never think that those two guys would have chemistry. So a bad luck folly match, maybe they'd have great chemistry. Yeah, maybe they'd have terrible chemistry. I don't know, but I wish we had a chance to see it. We got evil. He's almost there, right? He's like the mini bad luck folly. I guess he could do it against him, but yeah, yeah that that's one that would be pretty cool. But yeah, I think he's just gonna have great matches. But yeah, there's no chance in hell that he's gonna win this block. Uh, one person actually picked him to win the the B block. I, I admire their. Uh, you could rip that one up. Who's that? Let's make fun of. Uh, all right, let's find out here. Let me. Uh, we love to shame the listeners around. Yeah, let's see who you are. We're gonna make fun uh, of you. Like three nights in, whoever's in last place, you're getting publicly shamed like usual. So. It might be this guy who picked Nakajima to yeah, win the block. Yeah, let's see here. It's loading quick. Loading, loading a little slow. Let's see. Um, why are you not loading? Who's the next okay. person? I'll talk about All right, next person while we're, while we're doing that while I'm waiting. Kenny Omega. All right, talk so obviously he's got a shot to win the block, and I think he has you know an outside shot to win the whole thing. I wouldn't – you know, I, I, Naito I think is, is the favorite. It, but it's interesting that the final match of the, of the tournament – Overall, the final match of the block play is going to be Kenny Omega versus Naito. I know they haven't announced the, the, mm-hmm. the match orders yet, but that's very clearly how that final Sumo Hall show is setting up. Okay, it's going to be Shibata's going to get knocked out earlier in the night by Evil, and then the block is going to come down to Kenny Omega and, and Tetsuya Naito. So if you're putting a guy in the match to determine the block, then that means he has a chance to win the block. Uh, I'm afraid to tell you that uh, we cannot shame anybody because uh, in my <laughs> in my uh, test to figure out if the thing would work. So I, I didn't fill out all the matches. I just filled out like a few of them just to see if the scoring was right. And that's why Nakajima has a uh, block. Oh, so it's a, it's, it's, so I, I suppose I should <laughs> delete myself because, yes, nobody actually did pick him. It is me doing a test and picking, you know, just some random person. And I picked Nakajima. So it's a dummy bracket. So it's a dummy bracket. Yeah, it's not even a full bracket. So so all the other numbers are fine. I just did it. I just did it to see. Uh, if the block winners would uh, score correctly. So um, we will not shame anybody because uh, nobody had picked Nakajima except for Rich Test at uh, test at test.com uh, chose Nakajima to win. So 
go find him and, and laugh at him. But uh, yeah, the Omega one. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it's out of the wrong possibility that he, you know, he could beat Naito, right? Yeah, he could. You think? Yeah, sure. That's, I mean, I he mean, could. I don't think he will, but I think he can. And that's what I mean. <laughs> if they're putting you in a in a block deciding match, like I think it's there's something there. Play. There's something there. I mean, he's going to be in the mix then at the end. I mean, there's a reason why that match is where it is yeah. on that night, right? Yeah. Like, there's it's not random. Like you said, the Shibata Evil is not random. There's a reason why that's there. And I didn't I didn't have this idea. And then when I looked at that final night, I went Omega Naito, huh? You can't write him off, right? You can't. The, the thing with Omega though is I think they know he's got one foot out the door. Because he's already building matches with new. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's not and ideal. It's like, you know, and you've sort of seen them cool him off a little bit since they've started doing that shit. You know, he lost both of his titles. And, and with that said, all of that could be a setup for him to go on a run and win this tournament for all I know. But it might be a situation like with Abushi last year where we were all right around this time. Remember how hot Abushi was? And then it was the G1 where they cooled him off. I think he went four and five or something. Then mm-hmm. he lost to Makabe, and then he was just a fucking ghost. They just did nothing with him. And now, in hindsight, we know that they probably knew he had one foot out the door, and he was probably complaining about the schedule behind the scenes. They probably knew things that we didn't. You know what I mean? So right. it's very possible that this is another scenario like that where, look, maybe he's been up front and said, look, when my contract's up, I'm going to explore all options. And they see that he's building this New Day match. They're not stupid. Everyone knows the Bucks are, are, are more than likely going to be history when their deal's up in December or January or whatever it is. And you know, for that, you know, so they might. This might they they might just continue the cool down process with him, and you know, he, and 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 treat him okay. I'm not saying completely bury him, but you know, so it, it it's weird with Omega. It's weird. I'm very interested to see how they treat him in this in this thing. Yeah, it'll be it'll tell a lot about us because if he's just kind of an afterthought, then you know that you know that's kind of it for him probably. And here's the which here's sucks the other thing because you know where, yeah, here's yeah. here's here's I'm sorry, but here's how else you know ahead, that no, he's no, probably no. gone because over the years he's always buried WWE. I hated it there. I'm never going back. I'm happy in Japan. This is where I want to be. Uh, you know that company stink. Now whenever he does uh, you know some kind of media or interviews, he's open to the idea. Well, he's not just open to the idea. That means he wants to go. Let's be right. honest, but but go ahead. And he's been curiously in a lot of like major publications doing interviews with them. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that's a complete accident either. That you know, Sports Illustrated has an interview with Kenny Omega. Hey, look, weird. You know, I, I think that's which. It, but in your mind, I guess I'll, I'll phrase this to you: If he goes, you know, let's say he just goes, you know, even here, you know, eight points, ten points, whatever for Omega, and he's just kind of there, he's kind of floating around, not really doing anything. Are you disappointed that because you're a guy who's been on record of saying that this guy is going to be a megastar? He's going to be. Are you disappointed then that they that either he or they or somebody something didn't happen here? Well, that's before it became obvious that he wants to go. Right. Because in the beginning of the year, he was all juiced up for his push. They were pushing him. Everything looked great. Uh, They put him in a position to draw. A lot of it's been bad luck with him, too. Okay, Nakamura, they, they decided at the last minute to let Nakamura vacate the title instead of losing it. The, the plan was clearly for Omega to beat Nakamura for the title on that Cork and Hall show. And they changed gears. Okay. Then he's in this big feud with Tanahashi, which is another step in his evolution. And Tanahashi gets hurt and he ends up feuding right. with Kenny, uh, um, Mike Elgin instead. Yeah. So a lot of it's been bad luck with him, uh, you know, in terms of him cooling off a little bit, but I think some of it too is it's pretty obvious. He's working angles with wrestlers and other companies and new Japan sees that, 
you know, or I could be way off base and maybe it's just an insider wink, mm-hmm. wink thing that he's doing because he's such a wacky and zany guy and he right. does want to see this thing through. That's why I'm saying this tournament is going to go a long way. If he goes yeah. into that match with, with Naito out of the mix and the match only means something to Naito, <clears throat> I think that's a giant red flag saying that yeah, it'll say a lot. Yeah. Um, but it, it will be interesting because I think I, I thought you brought up a good point there about the the bad luck and, and the fact that you, this guy is like, you know, we talk about how much he's cooled off and how much this has happened and this has happened or whatever. If we see that entire Tanahashi feud through, has it really cooled off? Like, has he really, you know what I mean? Like, he's still kind of a big deal then. Yeah, right? that's why I say a lot of it's been bad like, luck. Like, he fought Elgin and we kind of go, oh, yeah, whatever. And that match just was kind of there or whatever. But, like, if Tanahashi is there and he's feuding with, you know, the, the legend and he's you know going neck and neck with the le- like that would have only wrapped up about a month ago you know what i mean like he's still like and look how, and look just, how hot he was when he beat tanahashi for the title right and how so great it, that it's match kind of was and all the praise we threw at it so somehow whatever in in like two months time we've decided this guy is dead and buried and done and, and get out of here and it's like well maybe not like maybe it's just a situation where you know tanahashi couldn't be there and they just kind of were in a holding pattern until mm-hmm. uh whatever point this was i mean the distinct possibility that, that was the case and clearing all the titles off of him might be to clear the path for them to push him. Right. Real. And we could, look, we could look like absolute idiots. He's going to win, you know, win four points. We'll look like absolute I don't know, though. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny how in two months we went from megastar to, oh, God, he's a foot out the door. And he's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. And, and we, we can look at this match. Like, we can look specifically at this match to see what's going to happen with this entire, you know, G run and what, probably what's going to happen with this New Japan run. One of the, uh, most, one of the most interesting guys to follow in this whole tournament for those reasons. Absolutely. Uh, Shibata. No, next year. I'm, I've been riding that train. He's winning this tournament next year. I, this is not the year, though. It's one year too soon. Everyone who picked him the previous three years or whatever, you were several <laughs> years too soon, and it was like a joke. You know what I mean? So many people picking him in like 2014. I'm like, guys, stop. Just stop. It's but this this is one year too soon. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a slow rise to the top for him. And he, it's more realistic now than it has been ever, but it'll be much more realistic next, next year. year. This is not the year for right. him. It's a little too soon. He's still at the never level, which is a step. I know people like to trash that title for some reason. They don't look at facts if you trash a title. It's, it's a title used to draw and smaller to mid-sized buildings, it does mean something. Um, you may not like that they have three singles titles, but the title means something, and there is some cachet to it. And it it does represent clear elevation for Shibata for him winning that title. And 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 he's he's main evented two shows centered around the Never Title this year, and and has been counted on to draw crowds to smaller and mid-sized buildings. That that's that's confidence in him. That's evolution in his push but that's all just starting he's not going to win the g1 this year and they're not going to put him in the main event of the tokyo dome in in five months or whatever it is that's not going to happen yet next year he's a realistic he's he's a genuine realistic and legitimate threat to win the tournament because if they keep booking him strong and then eventually he wins the intercontinental title and he's gonna have little feuds in between you know to, to eat up his time uh by next year's time he'll be ready to main event a tokyo dome say in in 18 months as opposed to you know six months or whatever yeah he's, he's just he's just building up now and, and the way that you can see the way that they've sort of built him is it's an old school type of push too yes. you know he's got to get he's got to get the respect from his elders he's got to sign the dotted line and sort of commit to this company and then he's got to work his you know he's working his way up the ladder he's got the elders approval like yeah let it let it breathe a little bit let him have some time to do it because i would i wouldn't like it if he wanted i would really kind of I, I don't know I, I want that i want that build i like that it's build. it's not the right story it's too soon for him to win it right now 
Um, I, I love the fact that like he has respect for the third generation now, and he bows to Nagata. He's teaming with Nagata on on these tours now, uh, you know, and the undercard tags or whatever. But yet when he beat Hanma, he still tossed his ass out of the ring like a piece of trash after the match was <laughs> over. So those elements of Shibata the Punk are still there, but he just has respect for those guys now because Nagata put him in his place. That was such a key storytelling element yeah. that we'll be looking back at. In, in 16, 18 months or whatever and saying, wow, that really was the key to all this. Toro Yano. I, I just wish he wasn't there. I mean, look, I get it. It breaks up the monotony of some of these cards. When you're in night 11 of the G1 and you're running on fumes and you're like us where we have to watch every match. You're kind of thankful for these Yano matches because they're <laughs> like 30 seconds. You're like, thank God. Like, thank oh, you. thank you. I got to get to work in an hour. And that just uh, now I can right. finish the rest of this show, you know. But it's like, I, I don't know. I just I kind of wish he wasn't here. The problem with him is he's one half of the GHC tag team champions. And I, I you know, I he's probably going to win a bunch of matches. I mean, yeah. And, and, and Yano was the guy that I was mentioning, like Bad Luck Folly, where you can go into any match with Toro Yano. And there's a, there's he has just as much chance to win as he has to lose. And that's the weird thing about him is that you can have him roll up a Shibata and beat him. And it's like not out of the realm of possibility. You know what I mean? Like that's that's why he's in this tournament. That's why they probably are going to book him until he stops wanting to be booked in this tournament, because it's just it's so easy to tell that story of Yano kind of comes in, plays spoiler rolls a guy up gets this cheap win and that's it like he doesn't lose anything that guy doesn't really lose anything Yano doesn't gain it's just like a neutral thing to help the point structure kind of work so you know it's not another realm possibility that he'll roll up Elgin and beat him you know what I mean like that's something that could happen and that's why I think he's just always going to be in this tournament which it doesn't make great but He's he's kind of a necessary evil in this tournament, right? It breaks up the shows sometimes. A lot of the shows, you know, you, you're like I said, it's it's a grind to get through this whole thing. And you know, the, some of the people listening, it's okay. You know, you can skip a couple nights. You don't have to watch, but we have to watch all this. And it it, <laughs> it is a it become, this tournament does become a grind, especially under this new format where it's a month long. You know what I mean? So it does it does break up some of the shows. Yeah, that's good. Have you looked at the full schedule yet? I have. There's like there's like a a span of I think like four days or like five days where there's like four shows and it's I'm just like, oh God, like come on. <sighs> yeah I know and they and they all start at four thirty in the morning it's like, I know oh, God you know shit and like some of these are on like the weekends too and like you cannot like because I'll do that like I always think oh you know hey I'll I'll wait for Monday but then you're like backlog there's like three shows you gotta watch yes. so then like. I wake up on Sunday morning and like the nurse is like, hey, what are we doing? And I'm like, oh, one sec. Like, I just got to watch this. Like, you know, and then three hours later, I got her, you know, stomping her feet, wondering when we're going to leave the house. I'm like, just one minute. Like, I just got to finish this. Like, yeah. it, it's terrible. But because you hear about I wish it was in the winter. Like, oh, these, there's four match of the year contenders on the last three shows. And it's like then you're like, fuck, I got to watch them before Wednesday because we're going to record. Right. I can't come ill prepared to talk about it. And yeah, and like when there's like four shows in a row and they all start at like 5:30 in the morning, it's like you can't possibly watch them all live. It's impossible. So you get this backload and you just spend your life sitting there watching G1 matches and that's when Toroyano rolling someone up in 40 seconds is the greatest thing ever. Mhm. All right, we'll close out here Yoshihashi. All caps by the way. Again, too many people with the undercase. All caps. Yoshihashi. Yeah. Tacos, he's, or you want to call him tacos? That's fine too. He could very easily score zero and probably will, and uh, or he's the guy who can like win his last match on the final night and get a nice big pop or something like that. But um, he's not bracketed with Sonata, which I thought was interesting. I thought that would have been an easy, you know, since they're feuding and, and whatnot. 
but I guess they're saving that for maybe the final night. Maybe the final night they'll have a match after they're both eliminated. You know, um, who knows? But um, look, I, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm glad he finally got in, and he's a guy who. Um, much like Tamatanga, I'm sure he feels like he has a lot to prove now that they've given him this chance. So I think he's going to go out there and he's going to bust his ass. And I think he has a real chance to be sort of the breakout work rate guy of the tournament where people are like, wow, this guy, he's something else. And the crowd's going to be super behind him too. I mean, if you've been watching the shows, the reactions to him have been incredible. Like people are all in on on Yoshihashi now. Uh, So it's really cool. I do have some unfortunate news to report. Uh, loose explosion is no longer uh, listed as one of his finishing moves on Wikipedia. Well, you know that's an ongoing battle. <laughs> we we wanted. I, I checked. I like to check it every so often. Like every few months, I'll go on there. Uh, it was off, and then randomly it got back on. But unfortunately, it is once again missing. Uh, so anybody listening to this, hint hint, if you uh, would like to put that back on, we would. Uh, oh, it's gonna it. be now that you mentioned it. It'll be back on. I and use us. You can use our site as a reference because I know that like they're probably. I remember before somebody linked to what you know. You have to put a reference yes. there because the Wikipedia editors get really mad. And the reference didn't say loose explosion when you click the link. Find one of our reviews and use that as your reference because we we say it. We will always use loose explosions. So don't it's, don't worry. It's one of my reviews to help you. So if you really want to narrow it down, search loose explosion Joe Lanza in the search box. <laughs> you don't know what that's going to get you. <laughs> that's an excellent point. Uh, but Chase and Pokemans, I might, you're telling me I'm going to have some loose explosions chasing Pokemans. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, and then you could actually cite a source and maybe it'll stay on there. But uh, look, we're not the it's ones right to do now, it. Swanton bomb? Come on, come on. Oh, yeah, come on. No, he doesn't call it that either. I'd like, where's that cited? Right, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let me click the uh, reference here. Okay, it says it goes to his New Japan Pro Wrestling page. Let's see where it says that. I do not believe it says Swanton bomb. I don't bomb. either. I don't believe it for one second. All right. Oh, it says Swanton bomb. Well, what do those hucksters at New Japan know? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it could just be bad translation, too. You know, let's be honest. I think it's, Swanton Bomb means loose explosion in Japanese. I think that's a direct tra- – so I, I, I believe it should go back to loose explosion. Someone needs to go back and change it. If for no other reason to just continue to get under the skin of the <laughs> right, whoever, wrestling. Whatever it. weirdo, whatever weirdo decides, you know like, I want to look at Yoshitashi's Wikipedia page. You but. know who that Wikipedia editor is? He's got a neck beard. He's wearing Birkenstocks. And he's wearing a Star <laughs> like, Trek The Next Generation. It's not actually called The Loose Explosion. <laughs> that's exactly who it is, okay? He hasn't had a decent haircut in years. And he hasn't shaved in months. That's the guy. So if you want to drive that. Well, actually, cut, he's going to be busy now, though. Like you're saying, that's a good point. So if we change it back, it'll it'll stick through to G1 because he's busy chasing Pokemans. There you go. So there's a Reddit post that says, "Is the name of Yoshihashi's finisher (parentheses loose explosion) supposed to like imply severe di- diarrhea?" Listen, it does. It's OG Loke, OG Loke on uh, the Reddits is uh, is asking. So there you go. There's another reference. There's a lot. If you look up loose explosion Yoshihashi, there's a lot there. So there you go. Cite cite the Reddit. People seem to respect that. So cite mm-hmm. the Reddit. And there's a New Japan Cup first round results. Who wrote this one? I believe it was either. This might have been me. Oh, no, it's another guy. Okay. It's another website. It's not even ours. Anyway. See, you got other good... websites calling it the loose. Other web... Yeah, we're, we're in. We're all in on that. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, I know somebody will do it. But uh, thank you. We appreciate it because we got to fight that good fight. So uh, anything else on the G1 before we move on to other topics? Of course, starting this weekend, 
uh, we talked about how we're not ready for it at all and, and we hate it and it's 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 both the greatest and worst thing in pro wrestling but uh, at the end of it I'm always pretty excited by it so no there's going to be a bunch of great matches and you know you look at the field it's going to be almost impossible for there not to be so uh, there's a lot to be excited about you know there's going to be there's no black holes there's really no black holes in this Very one few. I mean you really look at it and Yano you kind of roll your eyes and like but even then like a tens on this year like you know there, there's a motion in that like it's not a in previous years he's been an eye roll but he's not this year because there's going to be a ton there. There's really nobody in this entire field that is is like outwardly bad. Like you can maybe say evil if your evil's not your thing, but I think he's going to be. Man, fine. he's going to have real good matches. Evil. He's been, right, I he's agree. been good lately. There's 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 very few. Uh, you know, maybe Fale if you don't like him. Um, but he's got guys in his block he has great chemistry with. He's going to have great matches mm-hmm. with Tanahashi and Okada because he always does. So, um, you know, it's it's there's going to be uh, excellent matches every night. All right. Turmoil in Ring of Honor, speaking of uh, a New uh, (laughs) Japan-related company. What the hell is going on in Ring of Honor? All right, so, and actually the Observer that just came out reported this too. Uh, George Carroll was fired. Who? Yes, for anybody that doesn't know, who who the hell is George Carroll? Okay, so he is a a production guy. I hesitate to call him a front office guy, but he was a uh, production guy. But the reason this is significant is he was both an ally of Delirious and an idea man for Delirious, an unofficial idea man, but also a guy who was very popular among the talent. So the talent are not happy that this guy's gone. This was reported in the Observer today. His own George Carroll's Twitter feed, he alludes to something cryptic from yesterday about, uh, you know, moving on to the next chapter or whatever the hell it said. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so he's gone, but there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes in, in terms of why that's important. There's power struggles going on in terms of, uh, most people figure for various reasons that, uh, Hunter Johnston's days as the booker are very much numbered. Number one, the lack of booking direction. Uh, number two, uh, talent. There's a lot of talent that doesn't like him very much. Um, just general disorganization. And there's been people jockeying for position to replace him for quite some time now. Um, a guy who's moving up the ladder rather rapidly is Kevin Kelly, of all people, who mm-hmm. um, he sort of took over, I guess, a month or month or two ago. He took over Judge Jeff Jones's job of being the what the travel liaison. I believe is what I Jeff guess so. Jones yeah, I don't doing. know what you would call it. Yeah, whatever. And the Jeff jo- secretary, travel secretary, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but basically, guy, you know, helping out with the travel. And Jeff Jones also handled like media relations too. We know that mm-hmm. because we've dealt with him. So <laughs> he didn't. Uh, he did it. Uh, not not great a job of that, at least in our reference. But hey, what next time, buddy? No, I mean personally, we've had we had a bad experience with him. But yeah, uh, you know. Um, but I mean, you know, and now Kelly. Uh, has sort of slipped into that role. And, and the idea here is that sort of Kelly was the one who wanted, you know, George Carroll nudged out of the way. There's a good chance that Kevin Kelly, from what we understand, uh, may end up being the booker. Uh, you know, he might be the guy who ultimately replaces Delirious. Now, Delirious is very tight with Joe Coff. Joe Coff is a big fan of Delirious. Now, look at it from the office's point of view. Right, which is very important to do. Get out of the wrestling bubble for a sec. Okay. Say whatever you want about Ring of Honor and their booking and, you know, uh, and all of that. Creation of new stars, their, their calling of American independent talent. Like. Forget all that. Right. They've done their best business 
with who as the booker, Rich? Delirious. Okay. Um, and if you want to hammer Delirious for not creating new stars, if you want to hammer Delirious for you know, the TV not matching up with, with what's going on in the house shows, if you want to hammer Delirious for bad booking decisions, if you want to hammer Delirious for main events that have bullshit finishes, that's all fair and it's all well and good. But you also have to give Delirious credit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you could say, oh, well, it's, it's New Japan where they're drawing. Well, you know, the booker decides those things. He decides who he wants to work with. It was his, you know, you've got to give him credit for working with New Japan and recognizing that that's going to draw. Um, and they have done their best business under him. So from the front office's point of view, all the people like Joe Koff and the Sinclair people see are record attendance figures in all of their markets during this guy's run. So now, as, now get back into the bubble. Now, as wrestling insiders and people who follow it closely, we all see the warning signs of why this is a house of cards, though, because we see that, okay, sure, while they've drawn big houses with New Japan, they haven't used that to their advantage to create new stars. Who's the burgeoning new star in in, in Ring of Honor right now? I mean, you can't name him. I mean, they just have done a poor job. And we know that this is all a house of cards, that when the New Japan thing, which they continue to go to that well, eventually it's going to wear itself out and it's not going to be a novelty anymore. And the houses are going to start. And we're already starting to see signs of some of the markets coming down. And that's going to continue to happen. And we all know that. But for people who haven't studied wrestling their whole life or been wrestling fans their whole life, all they see is is all the good that's happened under this guy. So Joe Coff is very loyal to Delirious, and I think it was described to us that it's like a father-son thing almost. He's just very fond of him. So it's not been easy. If this were someone else with the, the level of, of discontent among the talent, which I've been, we, we've been talking about that for months here, and a lot of people doubt it and everything, but every time someone's contract is up, they, they seem to leave, Rich. Right, yeah, it's not an accident. I mean, this this is a great week as well because, I mean, next week will be you know the final – uh, Ring of Honor show for for Roger Strong. You know, of course, he, he finished up a few weeks ago, but this will be the final appearance on Ring of Honor TV. Moose just uh, moonwalked onto uh, TNA television. Like they don't retain their talent when the talent contract is up, they go. They don't come back. Like you know, Silas Young, yeah, he st- but like guys that have any sort of you know state, uh, you know, are, are in any sort of position, they're 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 leaving. They're gone without any hesitation either. Yeah. Like that's the important part. It's not like, oh man, Ring of Honor was neck and neck and a nego- like they're out of there and they're gone and they're leaving and, and they don't look back. Yeah, and there's um, you know, this this George Carroll was very popular with the wrestlers and and Meltzer actually reported in the Observer. Uh, among them were, you know, he was apparently the brains or part of the brains behind the Kyle O'Reilly and uh Bobby Fish team. And you remember that, you know, previous to Red Dragon, both of those guys were basically charisma black holes. You know, they were guys who were considered really good workers and, and everything. But until that team, I mean, did they have any charisma individually? I mean, no. none. So just anecdotally and just based on, you know, Dave reporting that 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 George Carroll was, was one of the people behind helping them with that gimmick. I mean, you could see why the talent would like a guy like that. You know, he's and he was described to us as an idea man. So, you know, um, but there seems to be uh, this idea that it could have been some sort of power play. By the by, people who eventually want to slide into that Booker role because they know the heat is on uh, to sort of get rid of that guy because they know that he was an ally of Delirious. He's one of the rare people in the front office who was an ally of both Delirious and the talent because a lot of the talent does not like Delirious. He has made numerous 
promises to talent that haven't come through in terms of title runs and everything and things of that nature that we've been hearing about for months and months and months. And, you know, talent. And you could just see it on the outward. You could just see it from from the the, the, the way guys work, too. I think that that's it's an obvious thing that these are guys that are, are capable of probably doing a lot more. But at times can be seen kind of going through the motions. I mean, that's I, I think that's a, a very clear indication as well. Yeah. And, and talent fleeing left and right as soon as they have the opportunity as well. So uh, but Kevin Kelly seems to be the guy to keep the eye on here. You know, you're your friendly neighborhood commentator, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's sliding up the ladder and, you know, Carol's out and Jeff Jones seems to be sliding down the ladder and, you know, the, the heat is still on with Delirious. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of speculation was when Joe Cobb retires, maybe someone would come in and finally get rid of Delirious uh, out of that role, at least, whether he leaves the company entirely or not is, is who knows. Um, it's kind of hard though. It's kind of like in sports where if you're like, the head coach of a football team, right? They don't, you know, they don't fire you and then let you run the special teams. You kind of have to go, you know? They, they kind of wash you away. They kind of have to hose you down. Like, they, they it, you kind of have to wash that entire thing from it because then it's always kind of weird if you're, like... Still lingering around and... Right, because you're going to give idea Like, the, the players, you might have some guys that still have your ear. You know what I mean? Like, that causes an even bigger power struggle because there might be those, you know, few guys that really liked you and now you're on the special teams, but then they sort of say, hey, uh, let, let you know, let coach know that you want to do this or, hey, you know, you guys should be doing this. You, you know, yeah, you, you don't want that because that's, that's not good. That's bad for... Uh, the old power, <laughs> but from but from what yeah. we were told, if it does happen, they're saying that there, he, you know, he might be just moved to a different area of the company um, that has nothing to do with the creative. And, and we've seen that in wrestling. I mean, it's 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 happened in wrestling. I don't know if it's happened or if it's worked in wrestling. You know, plenty of times wrestlers would be bookers for a little while and they go back, and you know, I don't know if it works, but um, it's interesting. But I think the the, the key there is at least. You know, you and I are probably, you know, we, we come at it from this the, the bubble standpoint of, oh, you know, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. You have to remember Joe Cobb, who, who this is not his only thing that he does. Like, I think people have to remember that as well. He doesn't sit there and go, OK, how's the Ring of Honor going? All right, there we go. Like, from his standpoint, he looks at the bottom line and goes, wow, OK, business is doing well. This is doing well. We're got, you know, we're global. We're going to Japan. We're doing these shows. We're doing that sort of stuff. Cool. I'm good. Ratings are pretty solid on TV. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Like, he, he doesn't know that they're not calling the American indies for, you know, top tier talent or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's not involved in that that that's that's irrelevant to him so i think we get this idea that oh my god why is lear still there how i can't believe he's still there i can't believe it i can't believe it i mean there's there's it, it there's there's a lot there but it's it's getting interesting here's the problem though if you're delirious if they do say look we're gonna make a booking change but we'd like you to stick around maybe as a wrestler maybe as i don't know um uh, what was suggested to us that he would run the, the training facility i think yeah, like dojo um, guy kind of guy. Yeah, uh, like from his point of view, do you want to just be one of the boys at that point? I mean, even no, from that standpoint, I, you'd think, okay, now I got to show up to this locker room, and you know, and now I'm just a a wrestler, and I have to work with these guys who, you know, a lot of them were upset with my, you know, with the later stages of my run, and and didn't want me there to begin with, but now I have to work. Mad. That's uncomfortable too. Right. If you man, if you step down on your own and go, hey, look, I don't really want to do this or whatever, then you can kind of slide back there. But if it's like, hey, everybody hates you, so uh, you're a wrestler now, like those people still hate you. Right. <laughs> like they don't instantly go, oh, geez, well, I just hated the way you uh, booked wrestling. But hey, you're a good guy. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of 
Because it's not just that. There's a little bit more than just I don't like the way you book wrestling involved with Delirious as well. Yeah, so. I mean, people have a lot of gripes with him. Uh, just as is, I guess, management style and his 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 availability to to hear people out. And that was sort of this George Carroll's role was sort of a liaison between uh, Delirious mm-hmm. and the talent. And that's Kevin Kelly's role now. And that completely changes the dynamic because Kevin Kelly and Delirious, from what I understand, aren't really on the same team the way that uh, Carroll and Delirious were. So, um, you know, and, and, and they all have different allies in the locker room. You know, it's so, again... A lot of turmoil at Ring of Honor, nothing changing over the last few months. The one thing that I find interesting is they keep getting pounded on and pounded on for being so submissive to New Japan's demands. And we all know that these New Japan wrestlers come in and they never lose to the Ring of Honor wrestlers. And that's a big problem that I sort of alluded to earlier, whereas they haven't taken advantage of this New Japan relationship by slowly creating new stars off of the New Japan, off of New Japan's back. It's when you really think about it. Who has benefited most in terms of a piece of talent from the Ring of Honor New Japan relationship? The answer is Michael Elgin. And he left Ring of Honor in the dust and signed on full time with New Japan. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's like he's benefited more than anyone from this. And Ring of Honor really hasn't done anything to create a new star. Who, who have they positioned to get in the ring and get a huge win over, I don't know, just name your guy, Kazuchika Okada? Assuming he was, I'm sure he's been here at times where he wasn't champion and losing was realistic, right? You're not, mm-hmm. you're not going to let the IWGP Heavyweight Champion lose on a Ring of Honor show. I get that, but, but these guys aren't always. Nakamura's never been champ, you know. And it's like he was around and Tanahashi and you know who have they positioned to beat those guys and to, to then springboard them to stardom? Ring of Honor hasn't done it, and no. and that's that's a big big problem. With that said, everyone wants to say. Oh, well, New Japan's just bullying them, this or that. Maybe that, or New Japan, maybe they're being unreasonable. This, that. Here's the thing, though. I just saw the never champion lose clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring at <laughs> right. RevPro. Yep. I just saw their intercontinental champion lose in CMLL. I just saw their junior champion lose clean as a sheet on a live internet broadcast in CMLL. It's not as if New Japan isn't open to their guys losing. Okay, I understand none of these guys are Okada or Tanahashi or any of that, but none of these guys lose in Ring of Honor. And that proves to me that it's not a case of New Japan just just throwing down the hammer when they when they when they, you know, farm their talent out and saying, look, we're not losing under any circumstances. Three of their champions just lost in the span of a week in other promotions. So, Rich, this is my theory. And this is this has been my theory for a while. And, you know, one of the people that's close to the situation who talks to us suggested this to us as well earlier today. You know, Kadani keeps talking about touring the United States on his own. You know, I feel like New Japan is bullying Ring of Honor and they don't want their guys to lose in Ring of Honor because they're, I think I feel like they're just using Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's obvious. American yeah. fan base. And then success. Yeah, it, it's so far successful. <laughs> and then just, you know, toss Ring of Honor aside and run their own tours. And if that's the case and if that was the long term plan all along, yeah, you wouldn't want you guys losing to the Ring of Honor guys because because very soon they're going to be your competition. You're going to be touring against them because you're going to be running similar sized buildings. And, you're, and obviously you're going to run the same markets because those are the markets where you, your guys have been going have been coming for the last two or three years. So that's what I think is going on here. And the proof is that these New Japan guys are doing jobs everywhere else in the world. Right. 
And if you want, if maybe it's not that level of it, but I don't think you're far off on that. I think that is absolutely something that's been in their mind. If you want to say that, maybe that's not it. And maybe it's just a case of New Japan saying, hey, we'd prefer these guys not, you know, hey, if if possible, you know, we'd, we'd prefer these guys not lose. You know, this is our list of guys we don't want to lose or whatever. The, the, the onus then is on Ring of Honor to go, sorry, we need to have this guy lose. You know, sorry, Nakamura has to lose to this guy. You know what I mean? Like, you have to step up. And I'm sure that Ring of Honor, because we know how this relationship is, one way or another, whether the relationship is that New Japan is just using Ring of Honor to launch uh, an American promotion, or if they're just using Ring of Honor to use Ring of Honor, which is a, a distinct possibility as well, the fact of the matter is they're using Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? And Ring of Honor at no point is saying, no, 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 we're a big company too, we're a big deal this guy's got to lose. Sorry, I know you don't want him to lose, but if we're going to throw some concessions your way, you have to throw some concessions your way. I'm sure the the the, the answer is, oh my God, you're going to bring those guys over and fill up our card? Cool, do whatever you want. Like that's that's I'm sure what the conversation is, right? We've seen that in the booking because like nobody like it, 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 of nothing of substance has happened. And, and one of the things that I think is is and we were talking about this kind of in our our, our Slack chat and uh, in, in Voice of Wrestling, kind of the staff members is one thing that's always really got on me is that okay. You had that first show, the Global Wars and the War of the Worlds or whatever. Yes, if that's a one-time deal, you have guys come in, you have these dream matches, you do these things. Well and good. It's fine, whatever. It's a one-off, it's a few nights, it's out, they're gone or whatever. These guys have come back so many times now, and they haven't developed any stories around these guys coming or these guys coming back or whatever. And that, to me, is a a bigger deal than not even uh, than, than having them win or lose or whatever. The bigger deal is that you have these guys come in Every few months, you have an Okada come in every few months. You got guys like a Tanahashi coming in every few months now. It's not a one-off thing anymore, and yet they stroll in, they pick a match with some random guy, they come in, they win that match, and then they leave, and then that's it. And Ring of Honor has gained absolutely nothing by that. There's been no promo time really given to this guy who's facing Tanahashi or whatever. There's been no real drive that oh my god, what a big opportunity it is. They're not doing any stories. They're doing like these one-off matches, but you can't do a one-off match like twelve times. And that's what they, I mean. We're at this point now where it's going to be what six or seven times that they've had one-off matches with New Japan guys. Like, what are you doing? Who's like, winning? I mean, at some point, you got to stand up in a meeting and say, look, uh, this guy, whether it's Adam Cole or Jay Lethal or Kyle O'Reilly, I don't give a shit who it is. Pick someone and say, you know, this is the guy we're getting behind and he's got to beat some of your guys. So let's figure out a long term plan here. You want to do a program and trade wins? Fine. But my guy's got to win two out of three. You have exactly. to do something. And I haven't seen anything to that effect. And it may be. That New Japan sitting in on those meetings, Tiger Hattori, Gato, whoever, okay, are sitting in there and they're just being completely stubborn about it because of this long-term plan. And you know, but but because of the evidence I see elsewhere, I, I it makes it that makes it hard to believe for me. I think that they're going in. Look, if someone's going to let you push them around, you're just going to shrug your shoulders and push them around, right? If oh yeah, why would New Japan? Why would they? Why would they relent and go? You know what? Hey, yeah. Let Adam Cole beat Nakamura. That's fine. You know what right. I mean? Like, why would they do that? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're just going to – it's just fine by them. Um, and Ring of Honor is so scared because that their business in a lot of ways and, and for better or for worse is being propped up by these shows. We see now there's not one big pay-per-view now uh, that they've had. I mean there's been one or uh, one or two, but for the majority of these big pay-per-views, we're seeing it with Death Before Dishonor as well, is loaded up with New Japan guys. So they're so worried about New Japan saying, hey, we're done and we're going to bounce. The problem, though, is that they've been sitting there doing that so long and saying, oh, no, no, do whatever you guys want, do whatever you guys want, do whatever you guys want, that the time might come, it, 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 and I think you even uh, alluded to this, not if, but when, that New Japan's just going to say, all right, bye, see ya, 
And what the hell did Ring of Honor gain by that? I, After three years, you've gained zero. Nothing. You've gained absolutely nothing. You've popped a bunch of big houses. You've had a good little run in three years, but you've built nothing. If New Japan tomorrow, if, if New Japan cancels on this death before dishonor, say they, they pull all these guys and go, you know what? Nah, screw it, guys. We don't care. The, New, New, Ring of Honor's toast. They got nothing out of that. Ever. It's why, it's, nothing, it's, ever. It's why I say all the time, it's, it, this is a situation of penny smart, dollar dumb. Yeah. They they certainly capitalized on the short term money by filling up these buildings and whatnot. But they look, the New Japan talent was just in Vegas, right? I mean, now they're coming right back with them. It shows in Vegas, right? It's like yeah. you're coming right, but they just had the New Japan talent in Vegas. We just saw Gato tweeting out that he's you know at the roulette machine drinking his Diet Coke because he don't drink alcohol. We just saw all that. These guys were just in Vegas and they're coming right back <laughs> with it. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you're gonna burn this out. I mean, you know, it's like, it, it, and and we all see that, okay? So they chased the short-term money, but they did not think about the long-term at any point here. And whether it's New Japan bullying you, or whether it's you just not being assertive and just saying, "Oh man, you know what? We just got to keep popping these houses, and I got to keep my job, and I got to," no matter what it is, it's not good. Because if New Japan is bullying you, then maybe it's time to say, you know what? We got to bite the bullet. Maybe we need to dissolve this relationship because we're yeah. not getting anything out of it other than – and now if you pick up your fucking if, – if you know the Ring of Honor office picks up their Wrestling Observer newsletter in the last couple of weeks and they see the Kadani's talking about running 3,000-seat buildings in the United States, which he's not going to be able to fill by the way. I mean, oh, God, no. But, no. but he's always a big talker. This is a guy that wanted to run dome tours two years ago in New Japan when he can't fill one dome. But he wants to run <laughs> dome tours. And, uh, what, was his, what was his number that he wanted for New Japan World, too? It was some astronomical, like, million number, and they, you know, they got, like, one eightieth of that yeah. right so, now. So, I mean, he always of subscribers, yeah. has delusions of grandeur. You know what I mean? It's like uh, they haven't – have they drawn 3,000 fans ever, even with Ring of Honor's assistants who have a I much stronger so. fan base and television here already and everything else? I mean they, they, they can't draw that, OK? I think it would be a big win if New Japan could fill Hammerstein. And what's that hold? 2,200 or something? About the size of Cork and Hall, right? Mm-hmm. I mean so it's like – you know, but, but that's besides the point. The point here is if you're Ring of Honor office and you pick up your Wrestling Observer newsletter last week, you see Kadani talking about touring the United States. Doesn't a fucking light bulb go on? You're setting these guys up for this. <laughs> You're giving them the exposure they need. Uh, and the next time they come back to Las Vegas or Chicago or New York, they might do it without you because they might feel they don't need you. Okay? What do they need Adam Cole on the card for if Adam Cole always loses to these guys anyway? Or whoever. What's the difference? Half the guys on your roster work for them anyway. <laughs> they could come back to all these markets and they can book Red Dragon and fucking Michael Elgin and, and the Bucks Ethel and the Bucks and the Briscoes because they've basically co-opted all those guys and they work for them anyway. <laughs> but they won't have Donovan Dijak though, so there. Yeah, exactly. And except they'll have Cheeseburger though. You know Cheeseburger will be there. And except this time, when they come back to these markets, ROH's name will be off the marquee. You're not splitting <laughs> gates or anything else or whatever. The deal. I don't know what the deal is with them, and they're just doing it on their own because what the fuck do they need you for? And all those guys just buried everyone on your roster because you couldn't give ACH a win ever. You know, you did it to yourself. You know, you need to stand up at some point a year and a half ago and say, here's what we want to do. We believe in blank, whether it's ACH or Leo Rush. I don't give a fuck who it is. We believe in this guy. So why don't we do something with Kushida? They'll have three matches, but we're winning the first and the third. You know, I mean, look, if New Japan doesn't agree to that, you know they're not in it for a fair and reasonable partnership because it's Kushida. I like Kushida as much as the next guy. He's the junior champ, though. 
So if they were, if they're not willing to, con- you know, to give a concession on something like that, at that point, you know, you got to get out, and you have to form an exit plan. You just have to. And if you don't think that's true, that they're willing to be Kushida, didn't he just lose the Volador Junior four days ago? And didn't Shibata just lose his Zack Saber Junior? And like, and, and again, these are good guys. I mean, these are, but it's not like Ring of Honor doesn't have anybody. I mean, that, that's where you got to stand up. Because cr- Rev Pro said this is our guy. No, he's winning. Yeah. And and and, and CML said no. Volador is our guy. He's winning. Like, that's way, that's all it takes. If you don't yeah. think those guys are big enough names to put your guys over? Those were both main events. Main events. Yep. Shibata and Kushida, big time matches. Okay, maybe they don't let you beat Okada. Right, maybe you got to swallow that one. But you could beat these other guys. Stand up and open your mouth. And maybe, and again, maybe we're being unfair. We're not sitting there when they're going over this shit. And maybe New Japan is being unreasonable. But even if. But then you got to get out of there. Then you got to go. You got to have an exit plan. And you got to get the fuck out. Because you're not benefiting. You're benefiting in no way then. Now you're not benefiting. Exactly. And maybe they do have. Maybe their plan is all right, when these markets do start to go. And maybe that's why they're pounding it home and they keep bringing it back. They're like, all right, well, let's just fucking pound this thing into the ground until it stops drawing and then get out. But here's the problem you're doing then. You've just buried your entire roster. This whole thing is a circular issue that has no good ending for Ring of Honor. And honestly, I think it's too late for them. Who would you even pick on that roster? Yeah, that, I'm actually on the roster page right now. Because, and Rich, it here's is... the problem. And I'll let you give it. But here's the problem. Because yeah. anybody halfway decent, New Japan's already using. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go through this roster because it's not going to take long to go through the Ring of Honor roster. I want you to, 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 to look at these guys. I'm going to list the names and you just – Say yes if they have some New Japan connection. Like New Japan would you in a hypothetical situation where New Japan says, "Hey, we're going to tour New York and Chicago in America as New Japan." You tell me yes or no if these guys would be booked without any hesitation, right? Okay. Yeah. Adam Cole. Yeah, he's in Bullet Club. He's part of New Japan roster. Right. ACH. Well, he's got Maybe. one foot in the door. He's working for Bushi Road this month. Yeah. So. so I mean, right now I'd say no, but this is a big tour for him and Noah. It's kind of a Prove yourself to it. It's a trial run. Yeah, a little trial run. And I'm not talking in ring. And I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. (laughs) Adam Page. Hangman Page. Yeah, he's getting a tag team title shot. He's on the roster. (laughs) Alex Shelley. Yeah, obviously. Yes, he's a guy. He's such an – they're not even booking him anymore. And he was just talking to us today. He wants to be booked. (laughs) (laughs) Read our Twitter feed. Beretta. Of course. Full-time roster member. Yep. B.J. Whitmer, that's fine. You can leave him at home. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But it's B.J. Whitmer. Why do you think they're not booking him? It's B.J. Whitmer. Bobby Fish. Yeah, full-time roster member. All right. Cheeseburger. He's, been, he's got connections. He's buddies with Liger, and he fucking worked three shows in January. If they wanted to, they book him too. Caprice Coleman is still listed, but didn't we find out that I, I, he's not even around? Nah, he's anymore. around now and then. He's around now and okay. then. Okay. But they, you know, he, it's... Yeah, they're not going to... Chris Saban. Um, he, okay. That's a ring of honor guy, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Christopher Daniels. Uh, I mean, he did a tour last year, but he's a ring of honor guy. He's yeah, also yeah. office now. Well, I don't know if he's office, but we know he's definitely has some sort of agent role. He's knocking on the door or trying. And he's an <laughs> interesting, well, look, he knows he's pushing 50 and here's a guy, and this is all speculation. Of course, this will go on Reddit as fact, but and here's the, the speculation on this is, you know, I don't know what side he's on. I don't know if he's Kevin Kelly guy. I don't know if he's a delirious guy. Um, I asked around. No one seems to have an answer, but he's definitely a guy who's angling for some things. The push is not a mistake. 
that leads me to believe he's on the delirious because delirious is still making the booking decisions and that team is mm-hmm. getting pushed. So uh, as an agent, maybe he's got a little sway with the booker. So maybe he's a delirious guy. I don't know, but you can't trust say I'm sure he's angling for that booker job too. He's a name we heard months ago that might be angling for the book for the booker job. But yeah, he's a ring of honor guy. I would say. Okay. So we got a few there. Uh, Cole Cabana. Ah, New Japan. I mean, the guy's been doing Noah tours for three years, and New Japan has shown zero interest in him. I, I, but th- here's the thing: he's not loyal to Ring of Honor either. <laughs> no, he could give a shit if if the check clears. I think he would be a okay. Colt is Run. like the definition of a freelancer. Like he just, you know, it like if you give him a table, if you give him a merch table, he will be there. Absolutely. So I, I have no doubt that he would do it. So right now we're at BJ Whitmer and Christopher Daniels and Chris Saban. I think so far. So. Uh, I'm not mentioning like referees or ring announcers, which I think is fine. Kerry Silkin, he's on the ROH roster. Uh, he'll probably stay loyal, you think? Or <laughs> and if the show is good, he'll be in the lobby shaking hands. If the show is <laughs> not good, you can't find him with a search party. That was uh, the running joke with Kerry Silkin back ten years ago. Okay. Oh yeah, it's, how many? I've shook, I shook that guy's hand like ten times. Only when the really show's good. good. You know, if the show was oh, let yeah, down, yeah. you couldn't find a guy. The other thing with Kerry <laughs> Silkin, there's another thing we we used to notice all the time too. Every time there was like a great match. Right, and it you know it popped everybody, and everyone's going nuts. Some Brian Danielson match or something. Here comes Silk and Swagger walking from the back, puffing his chest. Right, and then there's some like shit match, and you, again the guy you can't find him. He's fucking missing. But as soon as there was like an awesome match, oh man, is he strutting? He's strutting. That out Hawaiian there. shirt is flowing in the air yeah. with, his, with his suit jacket with the patches on the elbow, and then he's just <laughs> plopping down at that fucking timekeeper table next to the guy with the curly mustache. Okay, that was Carrie's game, but you couldn't find that dude if if a, if a match stunk. I, I like Kerry Silkin, though. I don't know why I'm... Yeah, no. Good guy. Yeah. Talked to him many times. Dalton Castle. Uh, yeah. Look, he... he I'm going to call him a Ring of Honor guy, but he's clearly yeah. a guy who New Japan has had their eyes on. And you got to be careful, you know. Uh, Delirious, I think uh, we probably... Yeah. Probably put him. Uh, Donovan Dijak has mentioned he's probably pretty loyal. Uh, Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, Ring of Honor guy. Yep. Hanson. Ring of Honor guy. All right. So now we get back. Jay Briscoe. Uh, you know, he's the man who enjoys he's a, his. <laughs> he's a he's a New Japan Tag Team Champion now. So, right. you know, and, and look, he's Ring of Honor through and through, you would think. But that's a guy that they would most certainly book, especially if he was one of their champions. Now, here's the thing. If they run these tours, is is Ring of Honor going to in, 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 invoke some sort of clause to like stop these? I would think they would stop some of these guys from working the shows, but some of them they can't because they have New Japan contracts as well. Mm hmm. Uh, Jay Lethal is another one that probably, you know, maybe then that would be the interesting thing if they say, hey, no, no, you can't do that. But he would certainly get a call. Los Ingobernables, uh, Japan, Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey <laughs> Teddy Ago, I think they can have him. I don't think New Japan cares. They want old, uh, the former Jay Diesel. I don't think anybody wants the former Jay Diesel. Okay. Kenny King. That's a ring of honor guy. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, obviously a New Japan full-timer. Yep. Can't even stop uh, Leo him Rush. from working. I don't think you can. Yeah, no. Ring, uh, Leo Rush. Ring of Honor. Of course, he's a Ring of Honor guy. Mark Briscoe, similar to Jay Briscoe. I'm sure he would uh, be willing to do it. Uh, Matt Jackson, of course. Yeah, obviously, they're New Japan guys. Yep. Matt Seidel. Yep. New Japan guy. Uh, Matt Taven's an interesting one because he's done a, a little bit. I call but... him a Ring of Honor guy, though. And I don't, yeah, and I I don't think too. he has a New Japan contract either. So. Right. Uh, Michael Elgin. I mean, obviously, he's, of he's course. He's 100%. 100%. He has a contract, full time contract with New Japan. And. He, he actually has flat out said that I'm not a Ring of Honor guy anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, Nick Jackson, of course, the other Buck, uh, Ray Rowe, Ray Rowe, Ring of Honor guy, Rhett Titus, Ring of Honor guy, Rocky Romero. I mean, come on, <laughs> that's uh, Roger Strong still listed, but of course, I don't think he will be there, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, Silas Young, obviously, Ring of Honor guy. Uh, Will Ferreira. That's our last one. So we got Will Ferreira, Ring of Honor guy. So and basically, just to note, Ray Rowe and Hanson did work for Noah. They did. So would still call them Ring of Honor guys. Obviously. So we got uh, by my count, we got B.J. Whitmer, Chris Saban, Christopher Daniels. Hanson, Rowe, Kenny King, Jay Diesel, Donovan Dijak, Leo Rush, and Rhett Titus, and Silas Young. And of the guys that we named... Will Ferreira, sorry, Will Ferreira. And of the guys... Of course, we'll be defeating Okada on the next Death Before Designer show. We'll be Will Ferreira, of course. And of the guys we named who are more closely associated or could be associated with New Japan, a good chunk of them are under New Japan contract, and I don't think Ring of Honor could stop them from working for New Japan. Unless there's language in their deals, and who knows if they had this kind of foresight, that says if you work in America, you can't work for... A competing company, you know, whether you're under contract with them or not. I don't even know if that's something like that would even be enforceable. Mm-hmm. So, they, they, you know, it, it could get ugly at some point. As you can see, there's many avenues this can take where, where, where it does get ugly. <sighs> It'll be interesting to see how it goes in the next few while. So, uh, ready for questions. Do you have anything else on Ring of Honor? I think we, uh, I think we hit it all, right? Yeah, I think so. Actually, real quick, before we get to Ring of Honor, TNA, uh, the rating came in for yesterday's. Of course, we're recording this on a Wednesday night for people that are wondering. That's why we're not talking about the Cruiserweight Classic, because it is happening right or now. Nakamura not versus Zane, right? Yeah, we are, uh, Nakamura and... Um, uh, not Zane, yeah. Uh, uh, Balor, yeah, Balor. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's going on right now as we're t- recording this. So that is why we are not talking about it. So in case you're curious, that is why. So anyway, just a little bit of a warning. TNA rating yesterday, uh, their Destination X-themed uh, show the f- aftermath of the final deletion. Three hundred fifty-eight thousand viewers, and that's uh, that's down from the four ten that they had the previous week for the final deletion, but uh, up from the three twenty-two who watched the impact the week prior uh, to the final deletion. So, success failure. I mean, they they kept about fifty percent of their new audience uh, stuck around. Did they or did they keep a little? Did one to thirty-three thousand? That's the number I saw. But you got the math right in front of you. So, yeah, so. let me let me. Well, geez, I'm not good at math. So they went up eighty eight thousand the week before. Yeah, I don't have that in front of me. Let's see here. So we well, got, got the numbers that, from that, that, yeah, 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 four ten. Yeah, so we went up. We went up in that one week eighty eight. Yeah, like you're saying. And then it went from four ten to what? Uh, four ten to three fifty eight. So let's call it three sixty. So they lost about fifty. So they're up about thirty. So. Yeah. Okay. And that's us with, with us rounding. So Garrett Kidney said it was thirty-three. So I'm sure Garrett's being accurate. So they kept about thirty-three thousand of the eighty-eight thousand. So a little less than half. They lost about fifty-five thousand of the people who dropped in last week. I call that a win. Um, I don't call it a big win because I think you'll continue to have diminishing returns. I think they're going to lose a huge chunk when they move to Thursday. Um, I think that. My prediction was in the wee hours the night before was that they would keep fifteen to twenty thousand, so it exceeded my prediction. I called for predictions from people, and only one person had a higher prediction than me. Somebody said they would keep fifty thousand of the eighty-eight thousand. Everybody else who threw a prediction at me thought they would keep less than the twenty thousand I was predicting. So people, a lot of people were wrong on this, and actually. To pat myself on the back, Rich, I was the closest. I was only 13,000 off, even though I was a little low. But the point here is I do think it's a minor win for them for keeping that many. Um, you knew they were going to lose some. 
I mean, let's be honest. Some there were clearly a lot of people who just parachuted in to see the final deletion, and they got their little laughs. They went away, and they're never coming back again. I think it's safe to say that those fifty-five thousand people who came two weeks ago and didn't show up last week are never coming back again. I, I don't think that's outlandish. They're done. Yeah, they're gone. And and that's because this wasn't an episode that was like, all right, now we're back to just normal business. Like they said, hey, by the way, there's going to be a lot of, you know, there are going to be some final deletion stuff still on this one. So if you were way into that character and you're way into this, there's still going to be some stuff on this week's show. And a lot of people just said, ah, you know, I got my fill. I'm good. Yeah, they dropped in f- for the buzzworthy thing and they saw it and that's fine. But they retained 33,000 of them, which to me is a minor win. Um, the big question is, what would you say would be a win in terms of retention for next week when they move to Thursday. <sighs> yeah, it's, that's so hard because they just lose. It's the we, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. Anytime TNA loses or moves a day, they just lose a huge chunk. Um, they did. A, I, I won't lie. They did a very good job this week of saying, hey, by the way, we're moving to Thursday. They had a bug on the show the entire time. So I'm hoping that helps more than some prior years. But, but they should have I, done that last week. When, yes, when that is a problem. Other 55,000 yes. people were watching. You know what I mean? Like they have no idea now because they didn't watch this week. There lies a problem. So I is it that realistic that they're right back to where they were? That that three twenty two, maybe even a little less. No, I don't think it is at all. And the reason is it out of the out of the realm possibly? Just because of the move, really, just because of the move. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and the, the move, and I think you were slowly going to see people trickle away anyway. The key is what the key is. How many is where would they settle? Where would they settle? If they were going to settle higher than they did pre final deletion, which was the big question, because I think we, we were going to see yeah, that, trickle anyway. But now the move is coming. Three fifty probably is a little too high. I'd say maybe like a three thirty. If say all of a sudden now ten thousand people go, hey, yeah, this impact stuff is pretty good. I like this. But that's even like that seems kind of unrealistic too. My opinion is this: if they retain any of the new viewers from final deletion last week, it has to be considered a win, um, because I fully expect. Um, a massive drop next week when they move to Thursday. And I hope I'm wrong because it's nice to see them get a little momentum here and, and you know, to see people talking about <laughs> TNA. It sucks is in true TNA fashion, like right when something gets going, then they're moving days, you know? Yeah. It all it's poor company, man. Like, like they do a lot of stuff to get themselves in trouble, but man, they are just the most unlucky company on, on the face of the earth. What was the total number two weeks ago again, the week before final deletion? Uh, 322. All right, to me... If they're in the 330, 335 range on Thursday, I think that's a win. I, I, I don't know if people would agree with me. People might think that's a massive failure. I think doing something that created massive buzz two weeks before your move, and then if you can retain any of those people when you then move, I, I think, I don't know. I'm sorry. I consider that a win. No, it, it absolutely is because especially like we said, this company, go look back at the history. When this company moves, they lose so many people. They lose a ton of people every single time. And a lot of times people kind of assume when we have this conversation and I know Dave Meltzer has this conversation every year. Oh, maybe people are going to catch up and maybe then they'll realize, oh, it's not on Tuesdays anymore. It must be on this. It might be on th-. They never come back, though. There's always this thing that, oh, maybe next week, this group of people that were like, they're a weird fan base, man. Like they don't come back like they just they're done. They just stop. They don't care anymore. The other, they turn it on. They're, they're creatures of habit. They turn it on on Tuesday. It's not out there. Screw it. I'm done. The other thing to me is, look, I, I know people are enjoying it. I get it. And I understand why people are enjoying it. To me, the Matt Hardy stuff is without question going to have diminishing returns. How much of that can people take? I mean, let's be honest. Um, I, I, and I could be way off on this. 
I don't suspect that I am because 55,000 people didn't come back this week for it. 55,000 people said, you know what? I had my fill of broken Matt Hardy. Well, you know, that was enough for me. So I, I don't know. I think I'm on the right side of this one. I think that character is something where it's going to have a shelf life and it's going to spoil pretty quickly. Um, we already saw a ton less buzz for it. Compare last week to this week during, during Impact. I made it a point to be on Twitter during Impact this week, at least on our feed, where we follow something like 670 people. So it's a small sample. It's a sample of 670 people. The interest level was in the toilet compared to last week. Uh, far less interest in the Matt Hardy stuff. And compare last week in the ensuing days to this week. And I think it's going to continue to trend in that direction. The character and the and – the, look – I, I get why it amuses people, but I don't think it's something that has long-term sustainability. Yeah, what's next? Like, it's very hard to come up with what's next for that character. Eventually, Where you're did... no longer laughing with the character. You're laughing at it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I fear that's what's going to happen. I fear what's going to happen is everyone's laughing with Broken Matt Hardy right now, and they're amused. By, but it's, it's the kind of thing that's really, to me, going to wear out its welcome. And pretty soon, everyone's going to be laughing at TNA again instead of laughing with them. Now, look, there could be a drastic shift in the storyline and all that, but, I, you know, I don't um, I don't know. I just I see the character as something that's eventually going to just grate on people's nerves. I, I that's were, were you interested? I, I was very interested when I because I, I, I DVR again, you know, yes, I have a DVR and I DVR impact and uh, I listened when Matt Hardy came out, he got a lot of booze and I was kind of surprised by that. And I don't know if I should be with that fan 